You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since GGTMC, we are back, and we are ready to talk about movies. That's what we do here. We talk about movies, and we have a good time. Am I alone here? Or is everybody here? You're never I'm alone, wrong. baby. I'm on the wrong podcast. Oh, you're on the wrong podcast? What'd you do? I wasn't ready to talk about movies today. Oh, politics and the coronavirus, perhaps? Damn it. <laughs> oh. Well, that's it. See you. Let's talk. Let's okay. This week we're going to give you our top five brands of toilet paper. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and hand sanitizer. This is right. Good. Yeah, this is good. Let's. What's your guess? Uh, I don't know what Canada has, but what's your fail safe on the cheap? Huh? Todd, you got you got a cheap brand you go to of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my hand in a sink, I guess. Ooh, you yeah. Really boil it. Boil it right down there. Just clip them nails there, buddy. You want to be dirt cheap, yeah. yeah clip them nails for real. Yeah, yeah. Do it like they would do out in the uh, the desert or something. You got yeah. nothing there. Well, you know, yeah. uh, we do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel here sometimes. So, you yeah, know, you do what just you do. like animals. That's right. Us in the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I just realized when I said that, uh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, that inadvertent that? 90s call yeah. out. Yeah, How about it? Didn't expect that this morning, yeah. Sammy, we ate nothing but mammals, you know? Hey, <laughs> That's right. I'm down with that. <laughs> now, that'll be in my head all day for some reason. I don't know why, but I guess that's what they call an earworm. You're I don't welcome. know. I'd rather be drinking in L.A. personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but everyone, wash your hands. Be safe. Stay yeah. fucking home. And wipe your butt. And wipe your yes. butt. <laughs> Yes, as, as Fred Sanford would say, wipe you your, ass. your ass. Wash your, your ass. Wash your ass. Oh, sorry. Grady. Be <laughs> <laughs> oh, careful with those Red Fox impersonations. They quickly border on uh, racial profiling. <laughs> True. True. Uh, nowadays, anyway. Uh, okay, we are back, and this week we are covering two films with one word in the title. That's right. 
We went all out. We're doing Streets from 1990, directed by Cat Shea, or Cat Shea Rubin. And uh, Brick from 2005, directed by one Ryan Johnson. Or Ryan Johnson Rubin. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Ryan Johnson Shea. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Cat Johnson. There we go. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, uh, I don't really have anything else to really talk about here in the intro. Oh, well, yeah. We we attained our goal. I want to thank everybody who donated. Uh, uh, it was a little bit of a chore this time, but that's okay. I understand. And times are hard. Everybody has to buy toilet paper. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, hear, I hear some snickering over there. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, it is it is what it is, and uh, but we we appreciate everybody that donated. Um, again, doesn't matter how much you donate or how little you donate, every little bit helps. Keeps us going for another year. And uh, again, so thank you. Yeah, we never get on. We never got into this to make money. Uh, if we did, we'd probably be a little bit more quality minded and probably a little bit more consistent with recording. Although we're going for a goal of fifty two episodes this year. Uh, if we were in it to make money, we'd probably take it a lot more seriously. We do it for fun, guys. We do it for fun and hopefully to entertain Love. you guys. Yeah. As our friends in Color Me Bad once said, we do it all for love. That's right. Do it all <laughs> for love. <laughs> oh, I just went up an octave too high. Yeah, you did. Oh, my throat. Oh. Um, my neck. I- my back, <laughs> yes, my right. neck, and my back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get into what we've been watching. Todd, what have you been watching? Entirely too much. Um, <laughs> okay, where to begin? Uh, hold on one second. No, oh, what's going? On? You wiping? I had to clear my had oh. to clear my throat real quick. Thought you were um, wiping your ass. I was until you said it. Now you've told everybody. Uh, anyway, uh, I watched a little movie. I don't know if I went over this one last week, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, 1999 Body Weapon from Mr. Wang Jing. You did not. Um, you did not talk about Body Weapon. Mm, oh, I, was say, I thought you did. But dearie, anyway, let's hear it. Um, Angie Chung uh, plays a woman in a movie by Wang Jing, uh, basically. Well, produced by Wang Jing. Um, and it's basically a, a cat, the uh, cat three deal, or at least I imagine it is, because it's pretty fucking nasty. Um, it starts off really, really interesting and really maybe. sleazy and really wild. Yeah, maybe you uh, did. I just, don't know. And, I don't. I can't remember. Did that. I? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I know keep, I did. I know going. I did, it doesn't I know matter. I did up to cutie honey. Yeah, I know you did. Cutie and then in honey. between, in between that and body weapon, I have brick listed. So I'm assuming. So I, because I'm thinking, because right now I got a joke in my head where you know I say, "Is her body a weapon?" And I don't. I feel like you know my dad humor self. I feel like I would have said that last week too. <laughs> it's weird. I feel I like you, you did talk about a category three or something last week. I felt. Well, I talked. To, I know I talked about cutie honey. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was category three. Uh, and that was that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, body weapon was less fun. Oh. Um. But yeah. So. <laughs> It was uh, yeah. There's a guy with a, a leather mask, leather gimp mask, running around. All right. Uh, and it, it just it's weird because it starts off so strong, and then it just completely dies, and then it gets kind of interesting again, and then it completely dies, and then it's over. That uh, sounds like a lot of Cat Three stuff where it, the yeah. middle is all flab. Oh, and it is. And back end are incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what that's, this is. Sounds like my body. <laughs> right? Don't turn it into a weapon, Sammy. Well, the middle is all flab, and the front and that's back right. end are incredible. 
Yeah, that's right, man. That bod, baby. That yeah. hip, those hips never lie. Yeah, that's right. Those hips, that back. Trust me, I wipe. That booty and that <laughs> crack. Easy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to. What's something else I wanted to say? Oh yeah, I had another bad dad, bad dad joke about the uh, leather mask. You know, it's Thanksgiving at Sammy's house there. Yeah, carving that turkey. Yeah, carving yeah. drive turkey. Eating anyway. that dressing with that zipper mouth. Ooh, that tzatziki Ooh. on the turkey. You try uh, tzatziki out of the zipper teeth. Got to oh. floss that zipper. Yeah, you do. Buddy, that's floss. Why, that is why I will never go commando. <laughs> yep. Because I know, I know, I'm the kind of idiot that'll get fucking caught in that thing. <laughs> that'll be the end of me. I'm commando. Oof. I'm commando right now. <laughs> that's different, though. That's a little I, different. Can, can I just say they're naked? That's just sitting with no bottoms on. <laughs> oh yeah, leather chair. That's how we do yeah, right? here. But I gotta, I gotta give. I think I said this before. I gotta give a shout out to to Sammy because he's long been an advocate for the basketball shorts at home. Yes. Yeah. And in the past couple of years, man, I'm all about wearing the like the the shorts at home. Oh yeah, man, got them on right now. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> yeah. So guys, and I got a nice pair of uh, Nike draft fits. Uh, Silver, kind of silver grayish, uh, no underwear on. It's a, it's a freeing experience, man. Yeah, comfort, maximum comfort levels. Oh man, it's it's wonderful. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I don't really, honestly, I don't wear shorts all that often. Yeah. Even in the summer, uh, I feel like I've seen you wear shorts. Seen- mm, you might have, but well, it, it doesn't happen too often. Let's be honest, you don't wear clothes that often. Well, there's that. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to skirt that one, but you caught me. Caught me in, the, in that yeah. little uh, ruse there. Okay, so yeah, body weapon uh, is skippable, except for Angie Chung, who is a delight, um, just because she's Angie Chung. Uh, and then I caught well, did a, well, I did one rewatch, one first time watch of uh, the Demons duology. Yeah. Uh, oh, so really nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so Mr. Lamberto Bava, yeah. uh, bringing it with Mr. Bobby Rhodes, um, who is also bringing it, <laughs> yeah. and especially in the second one when he's all sweated up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the first one is one of those great little oddball movies that you know I can't quite figure out why it works. Yeah, uh, because there's a lot about it that really shouldn't. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just a blast. Like, and, uh, like almost think, the entire thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. It's, um, it, it is arguably, I think, demons. I don't know if I said this back when we reviewed the the double disc, the double release of that Arrow put out. But demons, the first demons, is one of my most fond VHS rental memories. Oh God, yeah, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. And dude, uh, that that uh, that cocaine on the boobs thing scene oh, man. was etched in my memory yeah. uh, for a long, long time. I still do it to this day. Uh, well, yeah. Wait, wait, did I say that out loud? Sorry. Shh. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just a blast. Um, and uh, I love that it's it's so apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, literally, it's, it's just apocalyptic. And then uh, Giovanni Frezza shows up in the uh, at the end. Um, so that's always good. Uh, da, 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 da. And then Demons 2. Uh, yeah, I had never seen this one. Um it's got some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, doesn't quite work, but it it, it really doesn't. Uh, but I mean, it's okay. It's just not. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. Uh, but it does have Coralina Cataldi Tassoni, yeah, uh, who is cute as well. Yep. Cutie honey. Uh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, put her in that outfit. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's got some interesting stuff in there. 
Uh, it's a lot goofier uh, than the um, the first one. It's also a lot more kind of inexplicable. Um, but it, I mean, it, it's demons. And then, of course, it, the the series series I'm using in quotes uh, just went off the fucking deep end after that. Um, I mean, there was more of them, right? Like the ogre and all of that, or am I thinking of some other uh, series? I don't know if they were official sequels. Like, wasn't a, a muck train considered? Like, yeah. well, I, I no, I know that they're not like official, but yeah. I know that they were they were passed off as yeah, yeah. I think it was part of this uh, yeah. this whole deal here. A muck train is one of my favorite titles of all time. The yes, it's a it great is. title. It's yeah, a horrible movie. It's a horrible movie, but it is a great title. Uh, Wouldn't be the first time or the last great title no. bad movie. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially both. now with both Vincent and a rat tail. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, especially now just with the Italians alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, great posters, great titles. Whoa, on that movie. Yeah, um, yeah you got to pump them brakes, buddy. Uh, so yeah, especially pump the, them brakes. Yeah. <laughs> like JYD would do. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <I'll see. laughs> oh, now I got to grab them cakes stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, uh, I'm fucking deep diving. <laughs> yeah, you really are. It was a Bloodhound Gang, and now we're going with... May have found the song. Sure, God, God, yeah, man. may have found grab the song to, song to play during the break here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I think there's unofficial sequels, uh, but yeah, I, I never really. Well, you know what? I bet I have seen. Well, I know I've seen a muck train, so I guess I've seen unofficial sequels to demons. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, these are the only two that are actually like kind of connected. Huh. Um, but yeah, the other ones that I mean, obviously, then it just went off the fucking rails after that. It became a very fricasso smelling uh, sort of affair. Mm. Um, what does that from smell? there on out? What, what does that smell like exactly? It's a, like a bolognese that may have been out a day too long, uh, if you know what you know, I mean. I do, I unfortunately, think, yeah. Uh, so I followed that up with Remember, a I'm watch. Remember, I'm not wearing underwear, so I know exactly what that smells I like. I know, right? I was just thinking <laughs> of basketball fucking shorts and leather seats. Oh, yeah. And just swamp ass. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did a rewatch of Dario Argento's Tenebrae. Ah. And... Yeah. I still love this one. It's it's easily, I think, one of his best giallo. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Um, it, it's yeah, it's fucking off the charts. Yeah. Uh, and it's you know it's light cycle. Obviously, it was eighty two. Um, but you know it's got a, it's got a great cast. It's it's just absolutely psychotic. It is just the 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 kills in this are vicious as all hell. Fucking right. Um, my understanding is that he didn't really want to do this but uh he had gotten kind of porked uh, after the uh, the failure of inferno uh so he went back and, and did this thing and just kind of cut loose with it uh and it's great uh, it's just it's absolutely great um of course it has that that sort of oddball plot that makes sense but doesn't really make a lot of sense uh so it's got that going on and uh, anthony franciosa is actually kind of um kind of interesting he really fits this thing uh quite well uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, he also looked uh, in that movie. He looks like something that's been out a day too long. Yeah, right. Oh, it's his hair. Yeah, uh, anyway, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm amongst the three of us. I'm more mixed on this one than you guys are. But uh, really, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you'd have to go back and listen to the review. I, I haven't watched it since we covered it. Jesus, eight, ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. I do like that. Uh, Blood spurt on white wall. Scene. Oh, so Dude, that's good. fucking awesome. Yeah, that, so the, good. the fucking the chick when she's pulling the shirt over her head and the fucking mm -hmm. razor goes through it. But, I mean, come on. But there's some there's things, so much in there. Yeah, but there's some things in that one that uh, I don't know. Give me the Dario Argento grinding gears. What are you doing? Type things. But uh, you know, as I've gotten older, 
I wonder sometimes if I've come, if I would come to, I, I know that I'm much more open-minded to that kind of stuff now than I used to be. I used to need yeah. consistency and things to make sense. I still do to a large, it's really odd how my head works like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause a lot of times I really do need that. i really do need for there to be something, yeah. some, some A to B to C that I can link up. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, if, if, if I know what I'm getting into or if I can, you know, kind of caught into what they're trying to go for, yeah. sometimes I can let myself go with it. But it always, the problem there is that it needs to be, there needs to be something stringing me along. I yeah. can't just sit there and watch just nothing, I like think, kind I, of free floating nothingness. Yeah. I, I like it to the, in the process of doing the show, I've rediscovered and fell back in love with Lucio Fulci. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before uh, we started doing the show, I would have told you, man. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm only a slight fan of Fulci. I'm not a. Mm-hmm. But as time's gone on, and we've done this show, and I've reevaluated, I've come to, you know, love him again. And body, body of work, man. Yeah, and it's just, it's interesting. I think Argento is probably the same way for me. We don't do a lot of Argento on here. We've done a few, right? I think we've done Tenebrae, and uh, we've done Deep Red. We did uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. I know we did that. Yep. Did you guys do Suspiria. We have never done Suspiria. I don't want my heart really? stepped on. It's one of those. Bi- <laughs> so there, there's. I was thinking about this the other day because I just finished. The, I just finished that Wild Bunch book I was reading, and I was thinking the other day, why have we never covered the Wild Bunch? And then I think to myself, there's these big heavy hitter films. Oh yeah. That we've just never tackled, and oh, I, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, never Once Upon a Time in the West, Wild Bunch, <laughs> Suspiria. Uh, there's another one in there uh, that I've often talked about covering. Well, there's. Uh, I've talked about. I've, 2001 is one that I've just thought about picking at, at some points. Oh man, there's just there's, are, there's there's some that we just never have got to, and then there's some we have done. Some where it's like you know it's time, it's time, it's Veda time. time but, to yeah. get Paganini horror in there. I think, yeah, I think Will right. Will picked one not too long ago, right? Where we finally did. Oh wait, I think Eyes Wide Shut was one of those kind of picks where it's like Blood, yeah. Bloodsport was kind of a yeah, long Blood, overdue. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But some admittedly feel daunting to me, like 2001. Or once upon a time in the West to do those, even all these years in, in a way feels daunting to me. Yeah. Well, part of the, part of the problem is that so much ink has been spilled on those oh, that's things, it. and that there's, I mean, it's kind of difficult. Well, that's really to, it. Yeah. to do because it, you know, I mean, it would it would simply boil down to almost being, uh, you know, uh, forty five minutes of us gushing over, mm-hmm. you know, these movies that are uh, obviously and clearly and rightfully, um, you know, top of the heap. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's absolutely part of it, and and also, what can we bring to the table that has well, yeah. been said? I mean, in some way, by someone, right? Right, I mean, right, right. That's the thing. Um, I like to think that we've carved out a nice niche and can talk about things that uh, some don't talk about, some curiosities and otherwise. But films like that, yeah. Um, much as i have faith in us uh yeah it's it just becomes a bit what can i fucking say about this that hasn't been said yeah that's not to say we never will but uh it is to say that it's there's a reason why we haven't it's just that you know and also i think too we want to discover the unloved stepchildren of cinema and find homes for them with people Right. right like that's part of it, the joy of discovery, which... Yes. Yeah. Um, because, I mean... We, we are the adoption agency it, of uh, film review shows. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. We are. We Adopt, are. don't shop, baby. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
Uh, let's see. You had I, a good week. I, I just want to see. You've had a fucking good week, man. Well, I've been on spring break, and now I'm going to be on spring break. Another spring break, y'all. Week. Ooh, we <laughs> should cover spring break. I'd be very curious to hear Todd's <laughs> thoughts on it. Do you spring, like it? Spring break. Uh, spring, spring break. breakers? Yeah. yeah. I'm quite a fan. Yeah. Oh, it's that's one of the few Harmony Korn movies that I actually adore. Yeah. That's. Oh, I would love to see Todd in the outfit. In the pink uh, balaclava. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah, play your cards right. That, you know what? That's horror hound. I think the three of us got to go as the spring break girls. Spring break yeah, right? Girls. It's I'll a, do it. It's, it's funny. You know, I can't wait to see him in the pink uh, toboggan, as we say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have, but I have seen him in a bikini before, so it's not really that weird. That weird, in some ways. Uh huh. Well, that's why I don't go commando, man. You know, I got to show. Right. I got to have give a little tease. Yeah, yeah, something gifts, in where's them bikini bottoms like Jean Claude? <laughs> well, that's right. All good gifts. We yeah, we can go as uh, the or what's her name Gladys and uh, JCVD, and I'll be. Oh, who was his other ex-wife? Um, <laughs> I, cho- I choked on my coffee. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we'll go as as the the women of JCVD, and so I can go as JCVD. That's right. Wow, that's that's really pushing it. That, that's that's an esoteric yeah. Halloween uh, my party. God. It really is. At <laughs> uh, Zubaz. Uh, Bikini underwear, bathing suit there. Packing heat. With them beach shoes. But the, 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 the beach <laughs> shoes really are what put that outfit together, man. Yeah, really. Yeah, it takes it to the next level. It really does. <laughs> oh, shit. That and, the, that and the navel cheese. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. It's like you're knitting a sweater with that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> woohoo. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I've been on spring break last week. I'll be on spring break this week. Hooray. Um, you might be on spring break. For you might be on spring break. break Don't <laughs> let's no. Uh-uh. You might be on spring break till the end of the spring. <laughs> spring break forever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh. Anywho. So I did rewatch of star Wars, the force awakens. Uh, and, uh, you know, I still, I came in feeling about, with, about this thing, about the same as I did when I saw it in the theater, uh, which is, it's pretty good. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, what is it with you I guys? I enjoy you, the you J.J. Guys, Abrams-isms. What? You guys revisiting Star Wars this week. You guys should have let me know. I'd have revisited a random Star Wars film myself. <laughs> you yeah, right? Well, you, we would have let you do the holiday special. Yeah, the holiday special. Yeah. Jeez, that's bad. I, even even, <laughs> even in, in an ironic way, which I don't want to think ironically, but oh, it's fucking painful, man. Yeah. It really is. It really, truly is. That should have been the first sign that Lucas may have been wrong all along. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, something, was, something in the water was tainted. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. so bad. Not even an well, you enjoyable. Got, I mean, Lumpy. I mean, Lumpy or whatever the fuck his name is. Isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, Chewbacca's kid. Yeah, It looks so shitty. Oh, wife. it does. It's creep. It's Creepsville. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this one, uh, I, I dig it. Um, I have fun with it. Uh, it works just enough. It, it certainly has uh, certain issues um that uh, it can't quite uh, surmount and didn't surmount in the uh, the last jedi uh which was the last one that i watched um and i'm kind of curious now to give that one a revisit to just see uh if maybe i was wrong about it i'm kind of thinking that i wasn't but you know hey you never know um but yeah i dug this thing i mean a large part of it is probably because it's so much like the original trilogy you know just coattailing it uh, off of those um that it appeals to me um, so I'm willing to, uh, to grant it that, 
Uh, but I, yeah, I still dig it. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not great, but uh, it's, it's, you know, pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, and Harrison Ford almost seems to be having a, a little bit of fun himself. Yeah, which is for a change. rare. Yeah, it's yeah. about 20 years in the <laughs> making. The biggest stick-up-the-ass kind of guy this side yeah. of Bruce Willis, but yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, Dude, don't is. be so fucking cranky, old man. Like, you, yeah, you're right? getting paid That's millions. My job. <laughs> and I'm not even getting paid millions. Yeah. I wonder what Harrison Ford thinks of Joker. <laughs> oh, my, we should call him. <laughs> yeah. Now, he might take our call at this point. He might, actually. <laughs> uh, ask him to be in that Joker sequel. Um so, yeah, there was that. And then I did a rewatch of Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Uh, and I still think that this is a massively long slog towards not much. Um, it does have a great score, obviously. Ennio Morricone bringing it hard. Uh, it looks fantastic. It does have some kind of fun performances. Uh, but it's really, um, it's really Tarantino kind of leaping off the uh leaping off the self-indulgence train and um you know just going full bore into it uh and yeah i mean that's a, a large part of uh <laughs> that's a large part of uh, what i think is, is going on here and i think this was what his, his was this his first one or his second one after sally Mankey had passed i think this was his, his, i think this was his first one which uh, explains the boat well, yeah, I'm, and this thing is a, massively bloated. I think it's the second one, right? Because I think Django, she was gone for Django, right? Oh, maybe she? so. Maybe, uh. It's possible. Anyway, anyway. Uh, but either way, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Uh, but it is. it does have elements of it, and I always give the guy props for his technical prowess. Uh, which I think oh, is yeah. always on point, and if nothing else, I will watch because I will watch his movies because of that. Uh, even though I don't think I seriously, I don't think he's ever going to attain the heights that he has uh, already attained in the past. He's never going to hit them again because he's nope. too up. He's too up his own ass now. Yep. Um, so is what it is. Uh, followed that with a watch of Daughter of the Wolf with Gina Carano and Richard Dreyfus of all people. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, directed yeah. by the man who gave us Saw Five. I know why. You, uh, I know why you watch it, and I get it. I know why I watched it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and let me tell you something: it did her no favors. Mm. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Not good. So yeah, it just it just kind of clamors along. It's got a little bit of ambition in it, so I give it credit for that. Uh, but it really just is just uh, eh, it just plods along. Does not a whole hell of a lot. It's uh, strictly middle of the road. Uh, for everybody involved, uh, and you know, just mediocre stuff. It, I mean, but Gina Carano. So um, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I love the woman. Uh, what are you going to do? And followed that with uh, a watch of Dark Phoenix from the X Men Chronicles. Yeah, uh, there by yeah. which after Apocalypse, I was kind of surprised that i would want to go in and watch this but i'm a sucker and i watched it anyway uh and this thing is just a big pile of meh and like that there uh there's nothing really extraordinary there's nothing uh all that um compelling it just kind of plays out the dark phoenix thing as blandly as it possibly can uh it has jessica chastain in this role as a uh, and a shape-shifting alien, which uh, is also inexplicable because it has absolutely nothing to do with the, the original story whatsoever. Uh, it amazes me 
that the two times that they've dicked around with this story, neither time have they actually gone through uh, and done it correctly with the, the Hellfire Club and you know the Imperial Guard and all of that other shit. But I guess that might be too much like, oh, I don't know, a comic book. Um, so, yeah, uh, there was that, which hopefully is putting a nail in that coffin. But I know, uh, well, I'm kind of hoping that uh, Disney, now that they own Fox and all of that shit, and they have their properties back, uh, will do something a little more uh, entertaining with it. I don't, know what, that, know. I don't, I don't know, know what that made. I know it wasn't a big hit, but. Well, and rightfully so. It's yeah. not great. But I but it's I, just this. I'd bet it made its budget back, though. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, but I mean, dude, the apocalypse one was so bad. It was <sighs> so bad. Uh, but this one, yeah, I, this is a little bit better than that. Um, but I mean, that's kind of like eh, that's <laughs> that's kind of like saying that a, a kick in the taint is better than a kick in the nuts. Um, yeah. Ooh. So yeah. Uh, so there's that, and followed that up with. Wanted to do a little Disney action. Uh, put, got in The Great Mouse Detective, 1986. Nice. And um, this thing is uh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the animation's nice in it. Um, yeah, the always, story's kind of fun. I always like that one. Yeah. The beauty part of it is that it has Vincent Price in there. That's right. And I'm always a sucker for Vincent Price. And, uh, yeah, he's absolutely the standout in this. Uh, you know, even not being able to see the man's face, uh, he turns it on 100%. Um and really kind of, you know, he brings the charm that he brings to everything. Uh, and I'm also a sucker for uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff. So yeah. uh, I dug on that. Uh, moved on to... So here, uh, we, here we go. Uh, budget for Dark Phoenix, $200 million. Oh. Wow, 200 What a fucking that's, waste that's, of money. They're, well, all, they're all $200 million yeah. anymore. That's, that's, why that's, they're so, that's why they're so fucking safe. Worldwide God. gross, worldwide gross. Ready? $252 million. $500 million. Two hundred fifty-two million. So it made its money See back. That? So you spend two hundred million, you make fifty million. I mean, uh, I'm going to guess that they probably. It's not a great investment, but it's still not bad. Yeah, make yeah. fifty million bucks. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what a what a gross fucking budget business model. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. But that's yeah. I mean, well, they're bulletproof right now, the... right? I mean, it's still it's still bulletproof right now, and that's just the way it is. Well, not entirely, but. Uh, to a large degree, yeah, yeah, they're pretty bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Look at uh, look at uh, the Harley Quinn one. That one was not. Um... Yeah, but I, I think that that ugh, I don't know. I think DC rolls the dice a little bit more than Marvel does. Well, I think DC. Well, I think DC can't does it. a lot more by committee than Marvel does. Yeah. Yes, yeah. or at least a lot more bold facedly uh, does things a lot more by committee. Mm-hmm. Um. Marvel might just be better at hiding it. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I did a watch of uh, Jose Ramon Larraz's Symptoms uh, from 1974, starring one Angela Pleasance. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it is, um, uh, wow. I, I really wanted some more out of this thing. Uh, it very much takes... Uh, a lot out of the repulsion, uh, Rosemary's Baby sort of handbook. Here we go. Yeah, uh, and it does not really deliver. Uh, there's just a lot of plodding along through fall foliage, 
um, and along a river. And I mean, there's a lot of things that look nice, uh, but don't really, I mean, the thing just kind of doesn't really go anywhere because you know where it's going. Uh, and you're just sitting there waiting for that moment. But then once it does hit there, then it kind of gets a little bit interesting. And I think that if it hadn't been Angela Pleasance in the lead role, I don't think this would be as good as it is, which is really saying something, uh, because I just think it's kind of mostly middle of the road right now. Uh, but she brings this really nice kind of otherworldly um, vibe to uh, to the movie. Um, that had it, had she not been there, I don't, uh, I don't think that it would even be worth that much. Um, and it's also a far, far cry from, uh, stuff like edge of the ax, which we covered just a short while ago. Uh, so there's that coming, and uh, then, com- coming in hot, coming in hot. Here we go. Are you? What's the, but what was the, what do you think the budget for birds of prey was? I'm going to say 150 million. I'm going to say more. 84 and a half million. Wow. wow, they're fucking. They're living off a of shoestring now. Yeah, worldwide gross just under 198 million. So it made more really? than Dark Phoenix. Well, this should tell double. them that maybe they should, you know, put a little less money into shit. Well, I instead think, of just bloating up the budget. I think the key there is the cast of Birds of Prey. You can probably see they didn't have to spend as much money. Dark Phoenix has got a hell of a cast. When yeah. You, when you think wow. about the fact that they might have to pay some. Wait, bucks. are you saying Rosie Perez doesn't command te- twenty million a, do- uh, a, a movie? <laughs> well, I mean, she commands it from me, but she don't command it. From, you know, <laughs> that's because of that accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Whisper that in your ear. <laughs> that's right. Fucking <laughs> 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 anyway. nails on a chalkboard. That voice is. But yeah. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, so yeah, I mean, well, I, that whole thing. Listen, you would think these people would take a a note or learn a lesson, but they're like everybody else anymore. They're idiots and they don't learn a damn thing. Uh, And most of them probably haven't seen a movie uh, besides the ones that they greenlit or greenlight. Um, now, just out of curiosity, they probably haven't seen ones you know made before the day they were born. Yeah. So now, just out of curiosity, I want to see what the budget of Bloodshot is, the newest uh, comic book movie to hit the, the. theaters 500 million no this is a yay here we go 45 million dollar movie i believe it yeah now that that that's well seemed... i don't think anybody's really dying to sink money into bloodshot no yeah so far though so and, far and diesel probably got a pretty a pretty sweet uh back-end deal with the uh nice percentage of the oh, he's catching, gross, so. he's catching some heat right now you did you see is he? yeah latest quote he says that the the ending of what is it was it fast and furious eight or fast and furious seven the one where he looks over and sees Paul Walker, and Paul Walker looks back at him or whatever, right after mm-hmm. Paul Walker. Uh, yeah. He says that's the greatest moment in cinema history. Come on. <laughs> Obviously, this is true. <laughs> so. He's so full of shit. It's the greatest moment in the history of the world. That's right. Sit, don't limit it to cinema. Done and done. Don't be that's so right. modest. That's right. Dial it back there, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Forty-five million for Bloodshot. So far, worldwide gross is six million. So uh, not on a good uh, ooh, not on a good pace there with Bloodshot. I know they were hoping to launch the Valiant Universe with this movie. Yeah, fart noise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just you guys can look at Bloodshot. I'm going to look at Maria Grazia Cucinata, man, from The Postman, Mario Postino. Yeah, that's right. Good lord, that's a good one to look at. There's a there's somebody in uh, Isa Gonzalez in uh, Bloodshot. She is worth looking at. 
Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, she's, uh, yeah, she's something else. Yeah. All right. She's no Vin, though. She's no, 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 no. He's the greatest actor in cinema history. <laughs> yes. Man, he's, 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 yeah, he's something. If we learned nothing else today. Look, I, I, I enjoy Vin Diesel uh, for what he is. He's, he's like a low rent Charles Bronson in some ways. You know what? You know what's weird? You, I think you're giving much, him a lot of credit. I am are. probably giving him too much. Yeah, that's right. That's, and that's what's weird is I unashamedly adore the Fast and the Furious films. Uh, Yet I'm very lukewarm on Vin yeah. outside of those films. Yeah. You like him quite a bit and could care less about ever seeing those films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like him in, Weird. in the movies he's in. I, I enjoy him typically. I think he's got a really nice presence. I don't really like his voice. I know a lot of people like his voice. I don't really like his voice. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's got a look and thinking the right he does things. does have a look. In the right things, he's perfectly fine. But unfortunately, he makes a lot of the wrong things. Oh, he loves the wrong things. He's like, I don't know, him and, I don't know if Nicolas Cage is the right comparison, but he just makes a lot of ill-advised, kind of fantastical choices that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Bloodshot, man. I know. He should, he should probably stop doing interviews. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that, too. Yeah. yeah. Is that everything, Todd? Is that all of it? Nope. I got one more. Oh, there we go. One more in the barrel here. We need you to be on the show because otherwise we don't watch anything. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> anywho, I watched Medusa uh, from 1998, directed by one George Lazopoulos. Um, and wow, this was disappointing. Uh, what is that? Uh, why, why do I know that? It came out from Mondo Macabro uh, a few years ago. Oh, uh, Greek okay. movie. It's kind of a loose retelling of the Perseus Medusa myth. And when I say loose, I mean not really at all. Um, <laughs> you mean Christina Applegate in Streets? I mean, yes. <laughs> you you, you want to get into it wow. now. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the, the greatest thing about this movie is that it has Elena Fellini in it. Um and you'll notice how, you know, I usually wind up saying the best thing about it is a woman, and that's because, unfortunately, it just is. Uh, hey, you're a red, red-hot-blooded American male, right? I'm a red-hot-blooded American male. I can't help these things. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just as God made me, sir. So, yeah. uh, Take pride in it, bro. I do. I don't care. Uh, this thing is just, it was so disappointing. It, everybody in this movie... It was amazing to me uh, that it starts off nice and kind of weird uh, and sort of interesting, and you know, like almost kind of a. Um, and I hesitate to use the, this comparison, but almost like a reflecting skin sort of way. Mm. Um, mm. But then, but then after like the first ten minutes, it just gets dull, and I mean dull. And everybody in this movie acts like they're too fucking cool to be in a movie. Uh, no. So you could tell. So you could tell that it's from the '90s, right? That's a sin. Because yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but uh, they're all acting their little Greek hearts out. Uh, but they're not really though, because they all couldn't, you know, give a shit. They're all trying to outcool each other about how cool it is to not care that you're in a movie. Um, Fucking '90s, and, man. And then yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Uh, and then um, yeah, we'll get into that and here then in just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that with streets. Uh, yeah. So. And then, uh, the thing just, you know, it just has this really horrible uh, letdown of an ending that then just rambles on and uh, is self-defeating and dumb. Uh, it does have some nice locations, uh, and that's pretty much it. 
as far as I'm concerned with this movie. And like I said, Elena Fellini. Uh, so, I mean, if you if you're into looking at those two things for an hour and a half of your day, then by all means, uh, did you say Elena Fellini's at. Elena Fellini's two things? Uh, <laughs> you don't actually see her uh, her Yikes. two things. You work so. for you work for Fox News. I do. Uh. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I'm being totally inappropriate here and and, and joking. I hope people realize. <laughs> I, I took you completely serious. Oh man, damn it! Oh, now it's all out of the bag. So anyway, uh, yeah, I watched that. You can skip it. Everybody can skip it. Don't watch it unless uh, you. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, you it's know, not that good. There's certain ones of us, me and Will, who hear people say skip it, and we're like, yeah, we'll watch it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. I get that way, too. I get that way, too. Like, everybody's like, oh, it's such what, a piece what, of shit. I'm like, wait a minute. I often think to myself, you know, you know, as movie lovers, we'll hear people say, ah, well, something will be universally panned, and we're like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dive into oh, that. No, I do that, too. Yeah. I do that, too. All the time, it seems like, you know. I'm just I'm just putting it out there for anybody who's uh, who's been thinking about it i guess it uh, depends on if i'm in the mood for some elena fellini or not buyer beware yeah uh and she is not in the whole movie so you'll get you'll get a guy who uh who looks like a a a lighter haired version of ben shapiro uh so oh well Uh, now for anybody who knows who that is now you're talking (laughs) yeah now you're talking yeah 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 uh (laughs) so there's that uh and that's uh now that's all that i there we go so now we're done yeah Let's hear, let's hear what Will's been watching. Not a whole lot. I've been, I've been watching, uh, is it Isa, Isa? Isa Gonzalez? Oh, yeah. Isa Gonzalez in a denim uh, denim romper. <laughs> there we go. The collar popped and the sleeves rolled up and big sunglasses. There we go. Yeah. No, she's, uh, I have seen her in a couple of things. She's yep. fun. It's funny to see that someone born in 1990 is 30 years old. <laughs> That's weird to me. Yeah. Makes me feel old. Um, okay, so. What have I watched this week? Watched a couple things. Uh, my wife watched Birds of Prey. Speaking yeah. of Miss Quinn, mm-hmm. and this was everything I thought it would be, which for me, with all due respect to our friend in PA, was kind of loud and grating, and it, it's just not really for me. Yeah. Um, I, I always will say this. I think that... Um, yeah, it's it's early and I don't remember her name and I fucking suck because I really Margot admire her. Margot yeah, Margot Robbie is Robbie. Uh, yeah, Robbie Robbie. Uh, Robbie is a toy yeah. robot. Ooh. Mm. Do you remember Roby? 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 Uh, I remember. They're like they're like Butler robot. Uh, yes, Roby. I do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about Robbie and I'm more about Robbie. Ro- anyway, Margot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I fully admire. That Margot commits. It's perfect. Yes, it, it's yes, it's one of those situations where the casting is so perfect. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I, yeah. I, I hate the Harley Quinn character, but she is that character personified. I mean, it's it's very rare for me to with comic book uh, casting for something to be as spot on as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great, and I really love that she does come in. She's not above it, and yeah. I think she's a wonderful actress. So she is. She's very good, uh, and I'm li- I like that she's not afraid to do kind of rompy, fun stuff. So yeah. good on her for that. Mm-hmm. Nice to see our girl Rosie doing some work again. It's she was my favorite uh, thing in uh, Once Upon a yeah. Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Rosie's Rosie uh-huh. Perez. No, Rosie not Rosie, Perez. Not Rosie. I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't uh, see the director's cut. Rosie yeah, right? Ro- Rosie Roby. No. Well, it, that, that, Rosie the robot. <laughs> 
Yeah, Rose's yeah. robot. Ooh, Ooh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I want some of that internet that porn. Yeah, that internet porn. That inexplicable <laughs> childhood fetish. Yeah, yeah right. George um, Jetson, George Jetson, and Rosie the robot. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He's got. Fucking seeing, I can uh, see it now. Her bent over, him behind it, oil can in hand. That's right, baby. Oil can in hand. Moving <laughs> <laughs> <Lubing laughs> up that in that metallic butthole. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> right. So. Oh yeah! Here we go. Manning, fucking. <laughs> there we go. Fucking loads. If my kids ever listen, remember it's just for entertainment. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the views uh, expressed herein do not uh, reflect. Um, but okay, so her, yeah, she was great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's she has a, she's subtle in a for a filmmaker that isn't always known for his subtleties. So there's that. Um, so Birds of Prey, not really my bag. To each their own, though. She's good in it. Yeah. Uh, my kids, as everyone knows, are deep in the throes of Star Wars. That's right. Buying up Lego and yeah. Disney Plus. So they're all about that. So episode one. Uh, I've went on the show before and we kind of talked about this. Todd's on record for... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you Google Rosie the Robot, I think. Do you guys hear that? No. That beeping, no? That, the pinging, it's almost like a sub ping. It was like the Skype connection got bad, but no, 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 maybe, no. The, uh, uh-huh. maybe Lucas is tinkering with the interwebs here and yeah. what to say he's some bad not, things. He's not uh, not looking forward to this review. <laughs> no, he sure ain't. So I had said to you guys, I'd seen it in theaters. I liked it fine. Could care less if I ever watched it again. Um, on a view now, it has not aged well. Yeah. I think visually for the most part it holds up as well as can be expected mm. um jake lloyd has not done any favors as the precocious anakin although i do really love that poster art with him outside his hut with the shadow of sure uh, sure yeah, it's the most subtle thing you're ever going to see uh, regarding star wars ever in, yeah uh, again so absolutely especially absolutely. those especially that trilogy <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny to me at the time i remember how goofy um, Jar Jar was, yeah. but I didn't really have a huge problem with him. I watched it this time, and it's like, if you played a drinking game <laughs> with every pratfall that occurs with him, I mean, it's just, yeah. let's take that and run that right into every, like, the battle scene doesn't have one or two pratfalls. It has like 10 pratfalls. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody always makes the comparison uh, that that the original trilogy was intended for, for kids, and that's why grown-ass men didn't like this prequel trilogy and i would kind of agree with that but i would also kind of disagree with that because the original trilogy also had stuff for the whole family where yes these these prequels were specifically aimed at uh basically eight-year-olds who had never seen a movie before in their entire lives i think that's Um, bang on i think because these things are so sloppy so mishandled so Mm. just spit and sawdust thrown together uh, so uninterested in pretty much anything that makes a movie good, mm-hmm. uh, except looking looking uh, shiny. Yeah. Uh, that you know, it's just I, I I went to see the Phantom Menace in the theater and I hated it, yeah. hated it, and I still hate it, and I will always hate it. Um, and you know, I I just can't I cannot imagine a planet on which I would find anything worth uh, worth revisiting that one. Um, because it's, it's, it, it, the, the story that's there is so flimsy. It's so poorly paced. It's so just 
it's fucking obnoxious in all the worst possible ways. I mean, you want to talk indulgent, you can compare Lucas to Tarantino, but at least Tarantino gives you some things uh, besides, you know, his uh, his self indulgence. He gives you, you know, some story. He gives you some character. Yeah. This thing is just, you know, just a big shiny. This is the pet rock of. Uh, <laughs> of movies uh, uh, and certainly of, uh, of franchises yeah. and thank god uh that he gave it up and sold it off yeah so, well not before yeah. he, not before he made it's... two more movies though <laughs> well hey I, I didn't watch them so yeah. i'm okay with that oh you didn't watch attack See, of the clones or no. uh okay. nope. well you didn't miss well, anything. you didn't miss anything uh, I'll be well, getting kind of, into those in the next few weeks, so we'll see how those oh, are because well, some I can't said this. Yeah, I can't wait for your cringe uh, comment on the dialogue in part two. Yikes. It's- <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm I'll, I'll say this. So let me talk about some of the positives. I think that okay. he gets a cast that does mostly commit. Yeah. I think that Liam Neeson adds adds Gravitas. Some gravitas to the role. Ewan McGregor is suitably well casted as a younger um, apprentice to him or Padawan, I guess, would be the proper term. Got that rat. Uh, he does a nice Alec Guinness impression at any rate. Yeah, he's got a good yeah, and it, he's got a nice rat tail going. He has an incredible rat tail. <laughs> That's right. I mean that thing's braided to his asshole. <laughs> to me to me, the rat tail and George Lu- it, it feels this is maybe the most it feels like out of touch a director has ever been. I agree, and that's the thing. It's so tone deaf, and I said this on Facebook that the accents, regardless of, um, like I don't, I don't want to go down there. I, I don't think George Lucas. I think he's generally probably a reasonably well-meaning person. So I don't oh, want to yeah. oh, yeah. accuse no him of being a racist, but I will say they're at, at the very least culturally tone deaf, and they're just cringeworthy. Yeah, the accents are so bad. They're such ridiculous caricatures, regardless of racially being racially insulted they're just so tone deaf and like you said everything in this film is just it's tone deaf it's like dude someone needed to say to him no this is a horrible idea no yeah nobody's like horrible idea there's this film is horrible idea stacked on top of horrible idea um (laughs) let me give a shout out to ray park yeah okay darth maul's great yeah he's great great scene he looks great Mm -hmm. um so kudos for that. I think that scene at the finale is reasonably well done. It's it's a pretty exciting scene. And I think that the the design of um, Darth Maul is reasonably good. I was actually reading an article that Google recommended about how they came up with the design. And I, it was an interesting article because I think initially they were going to go with someone that looked more – it was going to be a female mm-hmm. – and the the hair it was almost going to look like a it's a quick and dirty version like uh, what's her name uh, Samara no what's Sam what's the girl from uh, Ringu uh, uh, I don't know off the top of my head Samco not Samco fucking Sadako Sadako I think it is right Sadako anyway it was going to look more like that like kind of a ghost girl like a ghost girl basically right yeah, so yeah, Japanese ghost but, girl yeah. but they they thought that was going to be too scary for 8 year olds so yeah. they went with this sort of demon and again interesting article but yeah so phantom menace there it is uh hasn't aged very well for me uh in any way except maybe visually so yeah. that's so but but you know and like Todd said bang on the other ones were made for family. This is made for eight-year-olds strictly. Yeah. Production design, so, I agree with you. It's production design, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of really nice-looking stuff. 
Looks good. Yeah. Looks good. But it's, last film I watched. It's most out of t- it's one of the most out of touch experiences I've ever had with director filmmaking and oh. it's it's unbelievable. And I you know, like I said, I've seen it twice. I watched the commentary and even the commentary is about as aloof and bizarre as the movie itself. Well, uh, and that's the thing, you know. <laughs> I highly recommend com- the commentary track too for entertainment purposes. <laughs> oh, now the last one I watched this week was uh, we got we had to pour one out. and We're going to pour one out next week yeah. for one of the greats of uh, film. Max Vincito passed away, mm-hmm. so I would flip down the Criterion Channel, and he's in, he's in the Force Awakens, I believe, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Master, master, master. Jedi check casher. Oh, you said it, baby. <laughs> to he a, to is, a level that no, he is untouchable. <laughs> I was going to mention that next week. I agree with you. We've said it countless times in the show. There's hardly any actors that Samuel Jackson, ironically, speaking of Jedi, is another master check casher that <laughs> no, somehow is impervious to the uh... <laughs> criticism. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, I still but, remember uh, our screening of Solomon Kane when we were in uh, oh, we were dude. TIFF. And when c yeah. showed up, we all kind of looked at each other like, yep, there he is. That's amazing. Between <laughs> that and dude's pointy boots and jeans that he was wearing. Yeah. And, yeah, that was quite the night. Vish snoring. Yeah, good times. <laughs> good times. Um, but the magician, yeah, that, that wasn't when you ate the Greek food, was it? No, that was a different Oh, night. no, no, that was the same night. That was the night. Yeah. Oh, man, Sammy had, oh, yeah. the Saganaki <laughs> did not sit well with Sammy. No, it didn't. Good Lord. Clean me um, out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the look of panic on your face as we were about to leave. Oh, my God. It was meat, the meat sweats, man. Yeah, the meat and and, like... Flaming cheese sweats. Well, and I had a cigar and a couple beers. It was just the, the mixture was not right. Life was good until the moment it wasn't. That's right. <laughs> like, man, all these fine things in life. Oh, hang on. <laughs> oh, like a hot poker, man. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I'll shift gears as I keep a smile on my face thinking about <laughs> Oh, that look on your face. Um, <laughs> I watched The Magician, yeah. which I like, I'd never seen. Oh, you really? Seen you never? I have seen it. I like that one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And yeah. I'd never seen it. And uh, Bergman's a guy that, as I've gotten older, as I become a, a proper adult, I think he's absolutely one of the masters of cinema. Um, and this is a really, really fun one. Yeah, uh, it's got who I think is low key one of like my all time crushes. I fucking love Ingrid Thulin. I think she's so beautiful. Yeah. B.B. Um, Anderson. It's just got all of his, his principles, right? Like Gunnar Bjornstrand and Max Mancito. It's it's a really fantastic little film. Yeah. Uh, Erlen Josephson, blah, blah, blah. It was uh, so, Max pre-Ming, but almost looking pre- like Ming. Pre-Ming. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a, a very Ming, uh, Ming with uh, maybe some Grecian formula. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, uh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, check it out. It's on yeah, Criterion. That, that one has a twist. Can't really talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. There's a twist in that one. So, Yeah, of course, Bergman dealing with uh, people questioning, well, people and faith and faith in certain yeah. things. And, that's right. Yeah. It's a good yeah. one. There's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good twist. Yeah, that's right. I can't say so twist normally anymore. Never. <laughs> Be at a restaurant. Again. Be at a restaurant. Like, yeah, can I have an unsweet tea with a twist of lemon, please? A twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a titty twist. 
That's what I also <laughs> think of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is everything because uh, Sammy didn't watch it this week. Uh, just one of those weeks. I've been so busy. It just it just wasn't in the cards for me this week. So that's it. Another hour long intro. We are going to take a short break and uh, <laughs> and we'll come back and discuss uh, streets from 1990. We'll be back right after this. Dance in my neighborhood. Now everybody's doing it because it feels so good. All you need is a partner that know how to move, and the rest are real easy. Just dig the groove. And when you get yourself started, it's hard to stop. You just go for your partners. You know what? And then you G R A B T A G C A K E All right, <laughs> we are back. Uh, getting funky yes. with the JYD there, man. <laughs> yeah, right. man. I like how he has to spell the whole thing. Then you G R A B T H E M. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Spell the whole damn thing. It's a nice guy. It's a nice, uh, you know, it's a very cheesy song, but it's a nice funky beat. Nice. Uh, it's got a nice groove to it. Yeah, I love yeah, it. He's got a, a solid message. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's especially in modern times. Uh, yes. I'm going to warn you, if you're dancing with another female, uh, don't grab them cakes. Ooh. Make no. sure you ask no. first. Get consent <laughs> right. before you grab them cakes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Consent be, before cakes. Yeah, be careful. Yes. Back in the uh, mid-80s, it was okay to sexually assault somebody on the dance floor, but you got to be careful <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's just funny, that song. Ow! Anyway, um, Streets, uh, 1990. <laughs> Did you guys happen to look at that uh, Freddie Blassie checking out that assy uh, there? Yeah, I'm there right now. That's <laughs> crazy. He's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's grabbing them cakes. Yeah. Um, Streets, 1990, directed by Cat Shea or Cat Shea Rubin. Uh, right, written by Andy Rubin and Cat Shea or Cat Shea Rubin. So there we go. That's where the Rubin comes from. Uh, I like a good Rubin. Me and Will have talked about Rubens oh, before. Yeah. We, like, we like good Rubens. Um, the story of runaways living in Venice, California, under the threat of a psychotic cop who is a serial killer of prostitutes. Uh, uh-huh. there we go. That is the basic plot synopsis. Um, this one stars Christina Applegate, David Mendenhall, who had a moment. I remember he was a, yeah. bit of a, a little bit of a heartthrob for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. And even though, over the top. Yeah. I, even though, yeah, and over the top, obviously, is what we know him from, but he... He never really, he, he's always kind of looked like the character from Over the Top, even as an adult. Like a grown-up version of that same boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just, you know. Uh, and this, of course, star, we'll talk about him more, but Eb Latimer, uh, very interesting performance he turns in here. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Paul Ben Victor, back on the show after just a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't even gone long enough for us to miss him, but there he is in a... Yeah. 
Yeah, making his return, man. Strangely, as Officer 2, strangely playing a very New York cop in Venice, California. I don't know what's going on yes. there. What are you talking about? Hey, what are you talking about? Hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's, very, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't think there are any Italians in California, so that's really fucking weird. Well, there's no cold. You can't do a proper cold cellar, man. A cantina. No. So no. what's the point? Yeah. Exactly. You don't get the pasta right. Yeah, hey, right? Um, uh, this is Will's pick, but uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I never, uh, I know Cachet's work, and uh, I've seen more than a couple of her movies, but this is one that kind of got by me. I don't know if Todd had ever seen it either. Uh, no. Okay, so there we go. I don't know who wants to lead on it. If nobody wants to, I will. It just depends on who wants to do it. Uh, I can if you want. Hop in there, Todd Latimer. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> uh, so, Okay. This thing, uh, it certainly starts off on a happy note with uh, images of Southern California and the dreary existence of street life. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of this movie really is, uh, is just this, you know, kind of really not happy uh, kind of um, thing going on with uh, with all the, the homeless people and, and stuff like that. Uh, for a lot of folks, I'm sure uh, that the idea of Christina Applegate as a hooker was a lot of the appeal of this thing. Um, um, yeah, especially you know, should say especially, Corman produced this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially right, in 1990, so. yeah, I'd say definitely. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, naturally, you know, Kat Shea couldn't get her fully naked on camera, just some side boob. Uh, yeah. so, you know, she's, she's the, she's the nice kind of hooker we get in Hollywood movies, yes. who of course, you know, doesn't fuck so that the audience doesn't look down on her and she's 16 years old anyway. Hand jobs um, and Earl only. That's right. That's the, the kind of hooker that, uh, would not be in business very long, uh, nope. especially in Hollywood, I'm sure. Yeah. She's also uh, the, uh, the kind of drug addict who just has the, uh, baggy eye makeup and the dirty dresses. Yes, yes. that's right. <laughs> yes. there's uh there's no wasting time getting the uh the psycho and uh and applegate uh, involved with each other uh in fact it's like the very first scene yeah uh of the movie so mm -hmm. uh you know it jumps right in uh, of course you know this guy ab latimer uh he's completely unhinged uh as the scene in his apartment shows uh when he puts on the uh the stereo there and kind of <laughs> loses his his fucking shit every every, t every, uh, every time i see somebody go into their apartment and turn their music on do something i think of todd's commentary on richard gear i think in american gigolo i think it was i believe somebody one of us talked about you know him and his music and american gigolo i can't remember which one of us it was but <laughs> oh, but the, what, the, the price of his stereo equipment or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, or? yeah. Just the, just the idea works. that everybody goes into their home and turns on their music and gets emotional is interesting. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and he certainly does hit that here. Uh, oh, but man, the point is ever... that, you know, the plot's in gear at this point, and, oh. and our characters are introduced within a couple of minutes, so it's very economical. I'll was, give it credit for that. Was that a zinger by saying the plot's in gear? That was that, that Ooh, was. Ooh, it man. was actually not. Uh, <laughs> nice but, volley, you know, man. Nice volley. You like that one? I'm trying. <laughs> Uh, these are the jokes, folks. Uh, so, Shay, uh, I think, has always been solid behind the camera. Yeah. Uh, I think that her films have always been able to evoke a certain feeling in a place that she knows uh, and certainly loves. And I think that that's a lot of the appeal of this one for me uh, is seeing how she uh, she treats the area, treats uh, Southern California. And um, a specific area, like around Venice Beach, which was yeah. Yeah, yeah. not really glitzy, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you can't really say that there's any big reveal to the big reveal in the uh, the locker room there. Um, no. 
which you know I won't say any more about. Uh, but it's you know, it does have some he- he- heavy exposition yeah. uh, going on in there. It's just dropped right on your head. Yeah. Um, so this brings us to the uh, the street people uh, that we get introduced to, who are all one big happy family of oddballs, which you know as they are. Um, they feel like the the B level. They feel like the the other guys that the Point Break guys wouldn't hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. Or like couldn't make the Lost Boys. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look like rejects from the Hook casting. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, including the clothes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, the clothes in this movie, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, there's. Some... I have no doubt. Um. So that brings us to Bob, uh, who is kind of, he's kind of actually an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's colorful and fast talking, but he's not like annoyingly so. Yeah. Uh, but he also gets the real short end of the stick, so uh, to speak. Well, yeah, sort of. That's maybe uh, sort the, of, maybe the uh, long, maybe literally. the long end. Yeah. Maybe the long end of the stick. I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, I did but, not, uh, I did not expect that. That was a moment of cruelty. So that, so uh, with this movie, I'll be honest with well, you. There's a couple of those. Yeah. There. So with this movie, it's. It seems kind of tame. At first, you're watching it, and you feel like you might be watching like an after-school special a little bit. A little bit. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, sure. and you're like, okay, okay, this is what it is. And then there's these kind of moments of cruelty that are kind of surprising. Uh, and it, it, it works. It, it, well, it really helps the the weight of the Eb Latimer character. Uh, yes. He's so that this actor, Ed Vladimir, he's way over the top in this, but I think in the best way because he brings some, for me, he brings some much needed character to the movie. Yes, he's, because, he does. Yeah, because yes. Vladimir? Yeah, yeah, but he just brings, he brings some psychosis. He brings something. Uh, well, he does, yeah, he does bring some, uh, some life to it. Yeah. Because it's really, it's really weird because, uh, go ahead. No, I'm no, saying no, because no. Mendenhall is very, for me, Mendenhall is very by the numbers. He's not. Oh, he's a, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's not very by the numbers. Mistake. Yeah, and Christina Applegate's fine, and it's a nice, it's a nice turn by her. She's good in the movie, um, but she's not amazing either. They, there's just there's a well, lot of she, meat cute stuff between her and Mendenhall that's kind of it's a little she grating. Has, she has an easiness about her that's very believable. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, and, and Mendenhall, Mendenhall, yeah, exactly. And Mendenhall is—he essentially gets caught acting for the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. basically just—you know—he's doing—he's—he's he's giving us exactly what he gave us in Over the Top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is you know an hour and a half of him acting like capital A yeah. acting. Thank God! Um, he, thank God he didn't have that keyboard in Over the Top. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, I lost my mind. <laughs> so. Uh, it's really weird because part of the film, you know, the part we're supposed to care about is, is essentially a Hollywoodized slice of misery porn as Applegate, Applegate uh, mopes around and shoots up. Uh, and, yeah. you know, like Sammy said, I mean, and this is literally a note that I have, is that it's almost an after school special. Yeah. yeah uh, and the other part of the film is this really mean genre movie uh, when Lod- whenever Latimer uh, shows up. Yeah. So it starts to feel like. It's almost like uh, a slasher film almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like he's like Mendenhall is like the the younger like the younger brother of uh, Ramrod in some ways. Oh, you, oh, <laughs> yeah, you, oh, bit. you mean Latimer? I thought you said Mendenhall. I thought, oh, what? what? Oh, <laughs> I meant to say Latimer. I'm sorry. Yeah, Latimer's like the like the younger brother, not quite as menacing, but still yeah. menacing. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, Hauser, yeah, Hauser and Latimer together 
would be a nice little combo. That I mean, would be a fun combo. It'd be too, yeah, right. It'd be too much. Uh, <laughs> Eb Latimer, he's still working. He was in Sicario. He was in a few other. Yeah, things. yeah. So he's yeah, he's for him. he's still working. Uh, yeah, he's got a look here, and uh, you know, again, he he goes full tail. He goes for it, as Will said with. Uh, 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 Margot Robbie, uh, he commits. He commits to this performance, yep. and uh, I give yeah. him. I give him some credit for that. It might not be the greatest performance, but he fully commits. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it starts to feel like uh, Shay kind of has a message going on in the movie, uh, but the part of the film that an audience would actually want to see, you know, the part that it's sold on, uh, to me, kind of feels offhanded. Uh, but that's also the stuff that works a lot better for me. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. what are you going to do? And I think that's for the majority of people who watch this movie. That's going to be what they take away from it. Um, you know, whether he's a psycho or not, I think that licking blood out of a no-tell motel sink is fucking gross. Oh, that was one of the most repulsive scenes. Yeah. You uh, don't know who's – that sink has not been cleaned well. Yeah, it's I, real. And, it's and you don't know whose blood it is anyway. You can't yeah. say 100% that it's your, your girlfriend's. Yeah, even no. for cinema psychopaths, this is, this is almost a – a step too far. <laughs> oh yeah, right. It, it, it is really is repulsive. Yeah, it would be like it would be like him eating like a a booger off of fucking at oh. the bottom of a desk or like a piece of gum that was stuck on the bottom of a fucking <laughs> table or something. God. That's what this is the equivalent of to me. Yeah, it, it's really gross. <laughs> that cinematic booger. <laughs> the booger in your beans. Uh, so <clears throat> there's a callback. Grab them cakes. <laughs> Oh, is that all you do? <laughs> it's uh, you know, but it's all puppy love and sunshine uh, until uh, Michael Bay rolls up and your hooker girlfriend has to make an easy forty. Um, yeah. And that Michael guy, was, dude, he looked he looked just like Michael Bay, yeah. uh, or like the cast of Thirty Something. Um, yeah, but Parker Stevenson is it? Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, Parker Stevenson. Oh. Yeah. yeah, no, not Parker Stevenson. Uh, what was that guy's no. name? That actor? I can't remember that actor's name. From thirty uh, something? Yeah. What was his name? I got. Oh look. God! I'll look it uh, up. I, yeah. He's. He, you keep grabbing them cakes, Todd. Same I'm just gonna grab some cakes over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. So, keep grabbing them cake boogers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, wait, where was I? Oh, right, grabbing cakes. Uh, Michael so, Bay. Yeah, right. The guy's an absolute putz, uh, and you know she. <laughs> it, it's just a, this really long scene. Of her dragging money out of him and him just sitting there being like a fucking smacked ass. Um, but whatever. So I, I'm kind of surprised that it took me about 42 minutes uh, into this thing to realize that part of the movie is capitalizing on the first two Terminator movies uh, with an emphasis on the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was, it, that kind of took me back a bit because I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. It's one of those nice little light bulb moments. Uh, speaking of which, for a maniac, our villain is not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, and I thought that it's actually almost comical how easily some folks get away from him. Uh, because a lot of folks get away from him. But this predates Terminator 2. Mm, Terminator 2 was 1989. Nope, 91. Was it really? Yeah, man. So James huh. James Cameron ripped off Cat James Shea. Cameron ripped James, off fucking James Cat Cameron. Shea. Ripped off Cat Shay. Peter, Peter Peter Horton is the name of the actor you're thinking of from 30-something. Uh, what do I think? Okay. Yeah, Peter Horton. That's right. Yeah, Children of the Corn Guy, right? Yeah, Children of the Corn Guy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anywho. So, okay, yeah. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, yeah, it's heavy in there. Uh, 
So there's a moment in the film uh, where you're just kind of waiting for the bad guy to lick a knife. Uh, and you just kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the um, in Caddyshack when everybody's taking bets on whether or not Spaulding's going to eat his booger. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's Man. another booger eating reference. We, we, yeah, we keep going back to this. I don't know what's... <laughs> I think there and might I know, be a fetish going and, on here. And you'll and you'll hear Will uh wince every time you say it, but Will does not he does <laughs> he he does not like that word. He's like my wife. They they both hate oh, the word. And so uh, gross. Yeah. the B word? Yeah, the B word. Oh the B word's repulsive. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Some people just find it more gross, you know. It's one of those things. <laughs> the thought of the word, the thought of the act in tandem together is mm. is repulsive beyond measure. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> I'd rather uh, I'd rather a lot of things than watch someone do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but I'd rather some watch someone take a dump on someone's chest and oh. pick their nose and eat it. <laughs> I'm serious. It's so gross to me. Hey. I'm not into Cleveland steamers either. Yeah. <laughs> so don't get it twisted. Oh, but, hey. but, but eating snot, man. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Everybody's got the thing, right? I mean, I, I'm, we've all I, seen someone do it in traffic. It's like you filthy motherfucker. <laughs> I almost want to shame them, and I, I don't, I'm just too repulsed to shame them. Uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. My back hurts. <laughs> Be careful, man. You're in your 40s. You laugh too hard, you'll throw your back out. Oh, I already did. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Oh, oh man. Okay, so, oh, dear Lord. Uh, so. Yeah, in saying uh, that, there's no way to do that in traffic and look like a champ. There's just no way. No. no. Not that no. I do that. I've, I've never been a... <laughs> I've never been of that variety that eats anything. I, I mean, I've, in public, like anybody, I've, I pick my nose occasionally. I mean, we all do that. Well, who right? doesn't? You yeah. all have to at yeah. some point, but do it discreetly, man. Yeah, do it discreetly. Go somewhere. And don't fucking get, eat it. Yeah, and then you know, yeah, don't eat that's it. Fucking animal. Yeah, that's what tables are for. Yeah, just gonna come yeah. back out your nose again, I guess, or come out your ass. I don't know. Yeah, you need it then. Like, come yeah. on, fuck. <laughs> and we're going next level now. Yeah, got them booger cakes. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, my stomach is just twisted. <laughs> oh. So, oh, Jesus. Okay, so, oh, all right. See, uh, the big scene yeah. where the uh, the baddie finally catches up to Applegate, uh, I thought is somehow really kind of devoid of tension. Uh, even though it really shouldn't be. Uh, and I kind of felt like the actors are all kind of doing a table read of the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt that this kind of relates to the entire movie up to and including the finale. Um, so it's kind of a, a disappointment in that way because it just kind of feels like um, more of like a hangout kind of thing for these people. Yeah. Even though they're kind of they're kind of doing these things that uh, you know are not really like hangout things. I think um, I, I agree with you. I, I want to chime in here. The 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 moments where things are going on, like there's a scene where the Ed Blodimer character pulls over the Peter Horton lookalike Michael Bay and yeah, yeah, Applegate. Yeah. Those moments are good, but the build yeah. the build up to those moments isn't so good. No, and it's it's, yeah. it's a very it's a very weird thing. It's almost like Catch a, and, and she's a pretty competent filmmaker. I don't understand. I mean, again, I don't make movies, so I I have to preface it with this. But it feels very uneven in that way. Like, the tension is not not there. It's like this character just shows up, and then the scene's good. 
But there's no mm-hmm. build up to the scene. Like uh, there's no build up and there's no there's no there's no lead up and there's no yeah. there's no lead up or follow through. Like the bo- like the the scene where he confronts Bob. It's like Bob's laying on the bed and then all of a sudden he just walks in the you don't even see his, a POV of him walking in. He's just there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very weird. Now that scene works. The scene with Bob and it's very brutal and it's gross with the blood in the sink and all that stuff. But there's almost like no agent. I mean, there's no agency for the character. To just kind of, it just kind of, he just kind of shows up everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that's I think that that's kind of I would suspect is kind of what she's going for. Yeah. Is that he's supposed to be this like omnipresent sort of threat that's just everywhere? Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of. It doesn't really work. Yeah. But I think that that's what he's the shape there by. Yeah, more or less, kind of. That yeah. could be. That could have been Corman too saying that it needs to be. You know, more like that. Who knows? Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, so I can't fully decide if the love scene is more sweet or cringeworthy. Um, or just awkward, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's a yeah. little both. Yeah, I think it's the word is awkward, I think, because I felt awkward watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, felt, uh, I don't, I don't I know. Over it. I, I mean, over I, it, I understand the why it happened and it makes sense for the characters for it to happen, but it also is just kind of, I don't know. I hate to say I hate to use the word again because we've used it a lot this week, but it's cringeworthy. It's just like yeah. it's just kind of weird, and it mm-hmm. just doesn't work a hundred percent. Well, I mean, yeah, I, we all know why it's in the film. Uh, it's so that people could see, you know, part of so, Applegate's. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it, we. I don't know if we prefaced it by saying Will just said his name. I mean, this is a Roger Corman produced film, yes. so there is some tits and ass. Unfortunately, the ass is a, a male cop in the uh, locker room. It's not exactly yes, fortunately male. or unfortunately. <laughs> well, right. yeah, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, the, uh, obviously, there's always those exp- exploitive elements in a, a Corman produced thing. So, right, but not. It doesn't. Not, he doesn't really. It doesn't really feel like that as much here. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that uh, Corman was kind of doing a l- something a little more along the lines of um, a little more uh, community-minded, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, in certain ways, uh, here I think he was. I think he was partially, you know, while just still trying to uh, to make a buck. Yeah. Um, you do get uh, that satin dance fever jacket. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is sweet. Which you can't. Uh, which anytime there's a scene of action, they're following. You can't not look at that jacket. You cannot. It uh, is. I, a, it is a <laughs> uh, attention getter. Every uh, beating women, uh, and you know you're hitting a woman and everything else, and all I'm doing is looking at the words "dance fever." Well, that yeah, and the theme song <laughs> of the show is running through my head. Dance fever. <laughs> so it's a really awkward. Fuck. Again, another awkward moment. It's very strange because I keep looking at the jacket, and I think I'm supposed to be looking at him smacking people around, but I can't quit yeah. looking at the jacket. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, you're like he should be a VJ. Um, this is back when they still had VJs. VJ. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, the wrap up to the film feels to me, uh, like a whole lot of work for nothing. Uh, I don't think it came off as honest, which is what I suspect, uh, Shay was thinking when she made this. Uh, it does, however, feel very nineties. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, there's, oh, yeah. uh, there's that about it. You can the, well, definitely the, say this is a '90s movie. Yeah. The, uh, even though it's right there at the uh, the beginning. The clothes and the way it's shot. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's bleeding uh, early '90s, late '80s. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really. Uh, so it's yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a lot in this that I wanted more from and just didn't get, and it just felt kind of um, uh, half formed in a lot of ways. 
Uh, so it didn't uh, it didn't quite do it for me as much as I would have liked to, especially with some of the the more interesting elements going on in it. Um, and that's all my notes. So kick it over to one of you, cats. All right, uh, I'll get into it here a little bit. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think I liked it mostly for the the uh, the kind of I don't know the kind of commercial value of. You know Kelly Bundy doing uh, kind of a you know they, this happens right in uh, in the movie world where somebody's popular for doing something on TV and then they kind of go into you know do something else and maybe more adult oriented. Now the Kelly Bundy character was always kind of PG thirteen anyway, yeah, and uh, kind of sexual for sexual sexuality's sake. Yep. But uh, here she's supposed to go into the more seedy world, and honestly, I think the Kelly Bundy character might be more seedy than this character. So, uh, yeah. Well, so, this one is, I mean, like I said, this one's kind of the misery porn version of, uh, of like Kelly Bunny, just kind of moping around, shooting up and giving blowjobs, <laughs> putzes. Yeah. 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 Now, this was shot by feeding Papa Michael, who, uh, that's a funny name to say. Who shot Greek? stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, uh, well, maybe he is Greek. He's, Papa Michael's. Yeah. Yeah. He's Greek. Yeah. He's definitely Greek. Uh, I just, I just saw where he's born. I just clicked on him, but he shot stuff like, uh, you know, poison ivy, uh, body chemistry streets a lot of those 90s erotic thrillers um but he also you know he shot biodome he shot uh <laughs> you know some uh some oliver stone stuff he shot w he shot 310 to yuma with uh the james mangold and some oh. stuff like that so and he's still working he's still working he shot ford versus ferrari just recently so oh that's a good looking film yeah so he's uh you know he still works shot in nebraska of all things i didn't even know that oh wow so oh. So he's still working and stuff, but this one does uh it it stinks of and and I mean this in the best way, it stinks of early nineties rock videos. Uh yes. Playboy Centerfold videotapes. Uh-huh. Uh in some ways. <laughs> does. Some of the production I think one of the things that took me out of this movie, above all things, was the production design itself. It was this kind of weird Lost Boys slash music video slash I wish I was Tony Scott type thing going on. Mm. And it kind of took yeah. me out of the movie in spots, like the tunnel and uh, some of the scenes where, and I didn't watch the greatest print in the world, but some of the scenes where I couldn't really make out what was going on, yeah. uh, just kind of murky, but at the same time kind of overblown. And it would it just, it would just kind of just be distracting is the best word I can come up with. Uh and, I, and some of the music in the film too, I found kind of annoying a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think it's Aaron Davis. I think who did the soundtrack. There is a song in here uh, written by E.G. Daly, uh, who is a actress who's done who's in Thirty One and a few other uh, Rob Zombie type things. And uh, one of those uh, young teenage, well, not teenage, but she played teenagers in a bunch of those sex comedies or a couple of sex comedies in the uh, yep eighties. She was in Valley Girl. Yeah, she's in Valley Girl. Very mem- uh, memorable in Valley Girl. Um, the costume design is, uh, done by Fion, F-I-O-N-N. Big so, fan of E.G. Daly, I should say. Yeah, a big I fan as well. Dottie forever. Yeah. And, you know, she did this, the costume design on this, and I, I looked this up because the costumes got on my nerves, and I wanted to, you just kind of bring up who, see who it was, and she actually did some good stuff. She did Hard Ticket to Hawaii and Pegaso Trigger. Oh, wow. And Savage Beach. So she did those, but she also did Weekend at Bernie's too. Which, if you look at the clothes in this, it kind of makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speak, is that Parker Stevenson? Is it? Is it in that that we maybe? 
Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if uh, who was in the weekend of Bernie's movie. Andrew McCarthy and Andrew McCarthy and the uh, uh, the oh the guy. Yeah, I know the guy. Oh, and uh, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> not coming to me. <laughs> His name is uh, Jonathan Silverman. There you go. Oh yes, yes. So there we go. But uh, she did the, you know, and, the, and now those films feel very 90s, too, The Weekend of Bernie's movies. They feel very late 80s, early 90s. So, you know, baggy bugle boy type pants, little baggy at the crotch area. Uh, Mendenhall's really kind of done no favors in this movie with his his rock star dreams with a really bad keyboard sound. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate. I mean, I don't know what kind of rock star you want to be with that sound, you know? I mean, even in that time, you were like, dude, quit playing that loop. <laughs> It's it's painful. Misguided. Yeah, it was. It's very misguided. But I, there's some of the stuff I liked about this movie. I thought some of the uh, – I agree with Todd. There's no real buildup to the scenes that happen. But when they happen, they're good. The scene with Bob and the cop is good. The scene with uh, her and the cop under the boardwalk is pretty competently shot and well done. The uh, Pretty much anything with Eb Latimer in it, I was kind of into. Not to say that I was behind what his character was doing because he's – a dreadful character and an awful person, but it's some of the most compelling stuff. In the yeah. It's some of the most interesting stuff because a lot of the time is spent sitting around kind of, you know, it is misery porn. It's sitting around kind of feeling sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it, that, that's fine. I can take that stuff. I mean, I'm okay with that, but it, it just overdoes it. it. It sticks around too long and it does it one too many times. I mean, I think once we understand why Christina Applegate's character is doing what she's doing, we don't need to kind of revisit it. It seems like we just keep going back to it. Uh, I do like the scene where she says, you know, I, I don't do it. I don't do as much. I, you know, she's doing the heroin or whatever. And she's like, I only do what I, only I have do it to, to get straight. Yeah, I only do it to get straight, which is, you know, an excuse that I think a lot of junkies probably use because, uh, you know, you are trying to, you know, you're trying to wean yourself off of it. And you're hoping that you can, but it's, it's a really tough battle to do so. Um. It's kind of weird. It's in a weird way. I think she never really says, but she's not into actual intercourse. I think as a prostitute, it seems like she's either like a a hand job type person or or, yeah. Yeah. And she kind of mentions that in the beginning of the of the the movie with the the blonde cop with Ed Blotimer. So it is kind of clearly. Yeah, yeah. He clearly wants that, and it's and it's you know (laughs) yeah under the pier. Which is always a weird spot to do anything. I guess that's a that's a beach culture thing because those those under those piers that always seems dirty to me. And, dirty and wet. Yeah, and wet and moist, and you don't know what the guy the guys above you could be pissing down the planks. You don't know what's going yeah. on up there. Yeah, you don't shots, know. Shots under the pier is such a film thing. We haven't the pier under the pier shot has seemed to have gone the way of the dodo bird. Yeah, it's but. not really as popular as it used to be, right? So, mm-hmm. um. But I, but I, I had some okay time with the movie. I'd, I'd say about half of this movie I enjoyed, and about half of it I found kind of grating a little bit. It just kind of, it just kind of sat there like a a booger on the counter. It just kind of <laughs> sat there. It was getting dry and crusty, and it was like you know, move along, move the story along. And I gotta say, for the record, the backwards newsboy hat has never done anything for me. No. Oh God. No. Uh-uh. And, it, and it still doesn't. <laughs> Even in a fashion faux pas kind of way, uh, looking. I mean, the members only jacket. We look about upon that both laughingly and coolly. You know, it's one of those things that's in between, right? And we can look back on it and kind of smile and say it was a 
misguided fashion choice, but it still kind of works. The backwards newsboy hat never worked, and it still doesn't work. I'll probably just have never worn one. <laughs> yeah, and you know she wears one here, and it it doesn't work, and it just reminded me of bad pop music at the time, <laughs> and and uh, you know it just uh, it was that was more repulsive than the booger. But the uh, well, not that there's any of those in here, by the way. But there are there are no actual boogers in the movie. <laughs> no. The uh, I've never really been a huge fan of Applegate. I like her fine enough. I, she she's never really kind of done anything for me. Like even the Kelly Kapowski stuff, or not? Is it Kelly? That's no, not Kelly Kapowski. That's Saved by the Bell. Kelly the, Bundy. The te- Kelly Bundy thing. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Got my Kellys mixed up. The uh, even then, you know, I mean, obviously, it spoke to my teenage male self, but. Even then, I never really cared for the character because I always thought the character was so dumb that yeah. it was kind of unfair to the character itself. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. No, she was never. She was never. Yeah. yeah. She was never like a, a compelling as a character. But it's it's Applegate the, herself. Yeah. Is, has always been compelling to me. Yeah. Well, no, the, but, so there, there you go. But she, even then, she doesn't do anything for me. I'm more of a Elizabeth Berkeley type or a Kelly Kapowski yeah. type. Uh, you know, oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or even a. Airplay. A lark oh, peg bundy type. Yeah, well, I'm in big time on the peg bundy. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but no, the 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 character and, and you know that character, that stupid blonde character, or that stupid sitcom character has been around for a while. But it really, it seems like to me, at least as much as I can remember, her version of that. I mean, that character has stuck around. That type of character, not just the dumb blonde, but there's always in sitcoms. The one character I can't stand is the dumbest character. Yeah. The one that is so stupid. And that's what we laugh at. We laugh at yep. the stupidity of the character. Because Almost. Yeah, I just find that yeah, I just find it a I find it a cheap trick. It is. It yeah. absolutely is. It's a cheap twist. It's a cheap twist. You know, it's like the, the Brad character Brad Garrett character and everybody loves Raymond or, or it's the or Boner on Growing Pain. Or yeah, or even Barney Fife. I mean from Barney Andy Fife. Griffith. I mean it's I don't like that character. I never have no. because I always feel for that character. I always feel oh. like, man, you guys are you're fucking bullies. <laughs> yeah. Quit picking on the dumbass. I mean, you know, some people are, for lack of a better word, dumb, and uh, doesn't mean we should just you know outright everybody laugh at them, including the audience. I just find it. A, I find it a a crutch, a rubber crutch. You know what I mean? Something you can lean on in uh, times when you need a laugh. I just find that kind of weak. I'm not saying there aren't actors who do it very well. Uh, Brad Garrett, so to speak. My wife watches Raymond sometimes in reruns. I'll look up and see Brad Garrett doing something, and I'm like, man, he really plays oh. he plays dumb very well. Uh, even though I know he's not dumb, uh, I've heard him in interviews and I've heard him, you know, do things and stuff. I know he's not a dumb guy, but he's got the voice and the look. Also, he does a he does a fantastic Herman Munster impersonation. Yeah, he does. Maybe one of the best. And if they ever made a Fred Gwynn movie, they really should look into Brad Garrett. <laughs> mm-hmm. He would be a really good version. They should have put him in the remake of Pet Cemetery. I don't know who plays that character in Pet Cemetery. They should have. John Lithgow. Oh well, I can only imagine that accent. <laughs> if it's anything well, like his, it now. if it's anything like his Russian characters, or his even his very famous uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, move it to Big Booty. His uh, very famous Buckaroo Banzai character. Um. But no, I, I liked bits and pieces of the movie. I just, you know, man, I, I'm really not a fan outside of a few directors with the the harsh lights and the scarves in the air and 
and stuff. I, I I get the the fashion. I mean, I like Tony Scott. I I like the way that some of those films look. I like Top Gun. I like the way those things look. I just I don't know. It seemed like only him and his brother Ridley could get away with that kind of stuff because it seems like when other people do it, it just doesn't translate as well. It's like it's it's almost too harsh. Yeah, and and yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of sunshine uh, like lighting in this, and I guess that's because it's shot in California. But it, it was it was distracting for me in a lot of ways, and I just never really bought that you know a California cop would wear that much leather. Uh, maybe they do. I mean, obviously you wear leather when you ride bikes because it helps save some of your skin if you fall off of that thing. But at the same time, he seems way overdressed <laughs> for for a Southern California cop. I don't. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, maybe I'm looking too deep into this. Probably am, but. The film does try to play with some serious kind of youth uh, culture, runaways, homelessness, and stuff like yeah. that. But it never really feels uh, forthright. It feels kind of more like an exploitation version of that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a real mixed bag for me. I, I liked half of it, and half of it I didn't like. Really, anything that was pure exploitation, I kind of liked. The kind of thriller parts of it, but the, the kind of drama, I found kind of cringeworthy in some ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I got. Very fair. Okay, I'll uh, be brief. Yeah, step up, on... step up to the mic just a little bit. How's that? Is that better? Oh, whoa, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you just, yeah. Hang on, let me turn down a little You're bit. Like Eb Latimer, you just kind of grabbed me from behind there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got the barrel all the way in there. Yeah, that's. I do. Good. I do like the weapon. I mean, the weapon is a nice touch. It's it's yeah, fire. it's phallic, yeah, it and it's got a nice. It almost reminded me of the No Country for Old Men uh, yep. cow gun thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it, it penetrates silently. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I had picked this uh, in an effort to expose more um, more female directors on the show. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we always try to be pretty balanced. We don't really have an agenda other than, other than to pick films we want to talk about. It's, you know, we're, we've never been... Uh, male driven anything else but I felt like you know what I want to dig, dig into some more kind of uh, deep dive genre stuff that's directed by females because it tends to add a little bit more nuance sometimes or can they can kind of um, sneak some things in there that maybe wouldn't be as on display with a male director uh, which is the reason I picked this um, yeah Kat Shea's uh, reasonably you know she's a, she's an accomplished filmmaker of course um, I like that this features Applegate outside of the Applegate we know. And I've always liked Applegate and thought she's been a much better actress than I think a lot of us tend to remember her as. Yeah. Um, in any of the stuff I've seen her in outside of Mary Children, because truth be told, this is probably a little bit blasphemous. I liked the show, didn't love it. What? Mary uh, with Children? Mary with Children, yeah. yeah, yeah it's some good stuff, but, yeah, but no, her I, character was grating to yeah, me. I liked it fine. It was... Uh, but, you know, if you go back and watch it, it's pretty hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. for sure. I think, I think at the right. time it was such a it was such a cruel show. And I, yeah. and I'm, and I mean that in the best way. It yeah. was that kind of cruel humor that we hadn't really seen in a sitcom before. Yeah, okay. it took kind of uh, Archie Bunker. Yeah, everybody was the mean. family stuff to the yeah. next level. Yeah, if you think about it, everybody was mean to each other. That was the that oh, was, yeah, that was the main thrust yeah, of the show was, everybody you know mm-hmm. she was mean to her little brother her little brother was mean to anybody her al bundy was mean to everybody uh, yeah. Pe- peggy was mean to al 
You know, mm-hmm. it was just it was this whole thing. So it's just everybody was just mean to each other, and that was the whole point of the show. Yeah, well, for sure, for sure. But she, um, Alpagate, I think is pretty good in here. I think that when I look at this, I like it more than you guys do. I think it's far from a perfect film, but I do think that there was some. Uh, at least you can kind of see where maybe some of the more Corman elements came in um, with Latimer's character and so forth. And she wanted to get more socially aware stuff because I don't know that we've seen a ton of um, ton of representations of, of homeless youth on screen that have been anything less than sensational. Not, not to say this isn't a little bit after schooly, but I feel like they try to breathe a little bit of humanity into the characters in this. Um Mendenhall, I think, is probably cast more for his name than anything else um, because he's f- okay in the film. It's kind of the wide-eyed, naive, suburban boy, but um, you probably could have got someone a little better, but I think that's more of a name thing uh, than anything at this point because, what, uh, Over the Top's 89, I think? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, a little bit of buzz there. Um, this one, we should say, is pretty hard to find. You can watch it on YouTube. Who knows for how long? Uh, we mentioned the Venice Beach setting. I like that setting because to me, Venice Beach is, um, it's, it, it, and much like all these characters, the irony is you're, you're in kind of the glamour capital of the world. A lot of broken dreams is as cliche as it is now, but, uh, a lot of youth go there and, uh, they get their, their dreams crushed pretty quickly. And Venice Beach is kind of an eclectic, a lot of production value, but it's still kind of skid rowy and seedy. Um, and I think they shoot it reasonably well. Um, well, no, I think I think that this looks it looks as well as it can, and I yeah. think that, like I said, I mean, I think that she has a real affinity uh, and a, a, a sort of um, uh, soft spot for this area. So mm-hmm. I think she takes a lot of care to to uh, to capture what about it appeals to her, and I think yeah. that that works really well on screen. Yeah, yeah, no, I would say so as well. Over, it doesn't over feel the top, as up to, uh, update over the top eighty seven, eighty seven. Oh, okay, so. Lordy. Yeah, Mendenhall had been around for a couple of years, right? So, yeah. um, but this feel this feels less travelogue and more someone who lived in in the area, yeah. to me. Um, in spite of some of the um, maybe time specific uh, techniques or stylistic choices that were used in shooting it, we get a great shot of uh, Latimer's. We get the, the leather cop boner shot oh, yeah. early in the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And before he uh, he he loves pussy. Before he grabs his cat, right? So he does grab his cat. Um, <laughs> does grab that cat. Grab them cakes. Grab that cat. Uh, they do a pretty good job casting teenagers or you know younger people. We don't get any thirty somethings. It doesn't feel like in the teenage roles. Which no. if you're going to put kids in peril, um, you're better served to have actual teenagers. Um, I can't remember what Patrick Richwood, who plays Bob, what I've seen him in before, but I've, I've never, I've always found him grating. Like he's like, he's like the, like the poor man's French Stewart to me or something. I don't know what, I don't know. Oh, he's Which done, funny he's done a lot of stuff. He's still working today. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, he ironically, pop, he's one of those guys that pops up every now and then. Uh, yeah. He's got a fit. He ironically, he, 2015, he played a homeless man in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of ironic, but, um, yeah, he gets jingle, done pretty dirty. In, in Jingle All the Way, he's a toy store co-worker, so you might... Oh, yes, that's right, because I see him every year in that. That's <laughs> there we right. Go. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. exactly where I'm always like, man. Um, 
Yeah, that's exactly it. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so you, every year you get a little Patrick Richwood. <laughs> I do every year. It's true. It's, it's a it's a holiday tradition. Um, I like uh, I like. There's a li- there's a line when they're talking uh, Applegate and Mendenhall and, and Mendenhall says, oh, "I wouldn't let an old man." Uh, an old man. What did she say? I wouldn't let an old man. I'm pretty sure he's, she say, he says "fuck me" or something. Fuck like that. me. Yeah, something like that. Uh, even if I was hungry, and she she looks at him and she says, "That's a lie." And just that small moment, like her face, yeah. I, that's kind of one of the small moments that I like in the film. That yeah. as much as some of it is after school special mixed with kind of diet vice squad, um, it it seems to have that I don't know that humanity or that that kind of teens in peril, um, more real feel than uh, we got from a lot of teens in peril productions that we see. Yep. Um, the blood in the sink thing you guys talked about, absolutely repulsive. Uh, we talked about Mendenhall being suitably nasty and being the the, uh, the daddy to, uh, the leather daddy to um, uh, the T-1000. Uh, oh, Latimer. Yeah, good old Latimer. Um, I like the line too when it talks about kind of the so, the cycle of uh, of poverty and and living on on the fringes. When she says, "I grew up in a motel in motel bathrooms all over the city," and you know, it's a little bit on the nose with some of the stuff, but I don't know. It uh, I like I like there was a heart there to ge- again to give the character a little bit of a backstory. Um, the sex scene, as we talked about, very very clumsy. Uh, I don't know how much was intended to be clumsy because it was. You know the character size, known to be an experience or not, but it was a pretty clumsy, awkward scene. Uh, you guys covered a lot of the ground in the interest of time. I'm gonna cut my review short of this one. All right, let's get into make okay. or breaks MVTs. Todd, what you got? Uh, make or break for me is going to be the opening. I think it has a great look to it, uh, and it jumps us right into the whole thing. Uh, MVT. I'm going to go with uh, Shay. Uh, I love how she shoots California, like I said before, and I think she's a solid filmmaker overall. Um, yeah, I'm not just... 100% sure why this one doesn't quite work, if it's script uh, script issues or if there was just some kind of decision made that was that didn't uh, quite cut it. I don't know, but it is what it is. Uh, and score for me on this one is 6.25 out of 10. Um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's, yeah. uh, it, it didn't knock my socks off, but you know, you'll have that. You should say, you know, it's always good to see Kay Lins. She shows up briefly. Yeah, in yeah she does show up for a hot second, yeah. yeah. I meant to mention that. <laughs> show up for a day's work, I think, or something. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right, uh, my MVT, I'm going to uh, go with Latimer on this because I thought he really kind of brought something to the movie. I did I did like Kat Shea, and I do believe she does do a pretty good job with this movie. Um, but I, I like Latimer quite a bit. I think he really kind of brought that kind of needed edge it really needed uh at, at moments and really kind of felt some danger some sense of menace uh make a break for me i'm gonna go with the scene where he basically uh takes advantage of bob because at that point i'm like well this is really kind of going that way uh there are some moments where some bad jokes like don't lose your head over it and uh then a character loses their head uh slightly as a kind of a little the horror movie moment. I don't know if you guys remember the Michael Bay character. He kind of loses his head. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, in some way. So there's little like horror movie trope moments in here uh, that Cachet kind of works in. She's still working. She did the uh, recent uh, Nancy Drew movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Which, uh, the Hidden Staircase, yeah. Yeah, The Hidden Staircase, which some people liked. And, That's not uh, bad. Yeah, she, she's, she's still working and stuff, and bravo to her. And I think she is talented. Uh, she kind of started out as, I don't know, like Mud Wrestler number two in some movies and things like that. Some movies I grew up on. I've seen a lot of Cachet, if you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. uh, I think My Tutor, she was in that, to playing a Mud Wrestler. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I randomly know that kind of stuff, but uh, I do. Um but I, I enjoyed the movie overall. I just feel like it's two movies. I feel like it's it's both a movie with a I wouldn't say agenda, but I feel like it's both it's it's a it's a political type movie in, in a weird way, commenting on runaways and and homelessness and drug addicts. But it's also an exploitation movie, and there's nothing wrong with that because I think exploitation is a great forum to talk about real world problems. But I don't think these two mesh. I don't. The, this one doesn't mesh, and it doesn't get me thinking about the problem. It just gets me thinking: When's Eb Latimer coming back on screen? So, uh, I, I think that's the problem I had with it. It just didn't feel. It didn't. It, the uh, the gimp mass didn't zip all the way up, baby. So, uh, I, I got, I'm just a little higher on Ty than this one. I'm a six point five, a ten. I, I did enjoy the movie. It's just uh, it feels a little uh, uneven for me. Yep. That's fair. I think that's where you probably get the divide between Shay's vision and Corman's vision. It's true. It's true. You're distant again, by the way. Distant love. There you go. He's back. All right. Sorry. This fucking levels, man. Um, all right. So my make or break. I'm going to go with the opening, too. I think it's a strong opening. I think Shay does, as Todd said, shoots uh, this area, Venice Beach area, really well. Um uh, has kind of an inside inside eye or a insider's knowledge of it, a familiarity with it that works really well. And much like kind of dark days and some of the documentaries we've seen with homeless, homeless youth, some of it feels very authentic to me. It doesn't feel as stylized as Lost Boys, even though it, at times some of the characters feel a little bit Lost Boysy or Pan E. Um, but I really like that stuff. Uh, MBT, I'm going to go with. Um, Shay as well. I, I kind of toyed with going with uh, Latimer or even Applegate um, because I think they're both strong in the form of the film, but I think Shay kind of brings everything together here uh, as the filmmaker. My score is pretty much right in lockstep with you guys. Uh, in fact, uh, somehow it's lower than Sammy's and I feel like I might have liked it more, but it's a 6.25. Yeah. It's um, I think it's a fine film. Uh, as we say, not all. It's a good film, not a great film. I think it's interesting to see Applegate outside of what we all know her as. And I, I think I wish her career had have taken a bit of a different path and she'd work with some different people because I do think that she has an intelligence as, as, an, as an actress that isn't uh, and a timing as an actress that isn't always utilized uh, as well as it could be. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, that's that. That's my score. Nice. How did, how, I don't know how we came out of this with me having the highest score, but that's okay. I like it. I it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, I just I I think maybe I like the Eb Latimer performance maybe more than both of you. I think that might be. I love it. Oh, no, I love him in the yeah. film. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's, I would say that that's a correct assumption, yes. Yeah, but the point two five would make the difference because I think the heaviness of his character, it's never really rivaled with the our quote-unquote heroes of the piece. No. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's so over the top. It feels that, like a shark versus a couple of guppies, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of so over the top. It's it's that's really the main appeal of the movie to me. 
If he mm-hmm. wasn't over the top, I don't think he'd be very interesting. But he's very over the top. He's uh, it does he does that orgasmic acting that we yeah yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems to me that that's well that's mm-hmm. that sink licking for you yeah that that'll yeah. do it that'll do it every time. All right, uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk about a Ryan Johnson film from 2005. That's right, Ryan Johnson, a Star Wars director. You heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back right after this. We're going to talk about Brick. All right. song for this review so uh and obviously the most obvious choice because i just typed in the word brick and i like the song and that's the way it goes <laughs> i may have even played it on the show before i'm sure if we probably have in some regards seems like nothing something wrong with that yeah it seems like something we would have played in the past in some way shape or form every time i hear that song i think of for me i think of pam greer but you know oh man because she's a brick how? How? And then I think of Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Brick, 2005, getting a little contemporary again. You think, and then you think, realize to yourself, 15 years have went by. Wow. And you're like, Jesus Christ, where'd that go? Uh, a teenage loner pushes his way into the underworld of a high school crime ring to investigate the disappearance of his ex-girlfriend. So uh, this was Ryan Johnson's debut film. He had made some shorts and stuff, but he kind of hit the scene with this one. And uh, he kind of hit it with a bit of a bang, I'd say. Yep. Um, this was a bit of an indie darling. Uh, it's a you know $500,000 movie. Um, looks like a million bucks. Um, I just watched the Blu-ray. I just bought the Blu-ray from Kino Lorber. So I, I say that with looking at a Blu-ray. But I remember even back then thinking it looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Um I I just picked it basically because I bought it and I wanted to talk about it and it's uh I think it's an interesting piece of cinema. Um who wants to lead on this one? Ty, will you want to lead? Or you want uh to? yeah, I guess I can. Okay. Let's let's get going there, bay. All right, let's do it. So Brick, I remember when this came out, I remember seeing the trailer and the buzz around this one. It feels very sundancey to me in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I remember seeing it and just thinking, like, I gotta see this film. This looks so good. And you know, at the time, gosh, I was 25. Um, trying to find my notes here uh, because I found two blank pages in the middle of my book. I started writing on only to realize that I was in the middle of the book right before my Bloodsport notes. So nice. That. Nice. So yeah, I remember the trailer for this and thinking, wow, I got to see this. So I went to. I remember I went to see this in the theaters downtown Toronto. Um, believe the missus came with me and I 
bought it and I don't on DVD, which is how I watched it this time. And I don't remember if I've revisited since. So when you picked this one, it wasn't one that I would have thought I would have picked, but uh, I was excited to see how it would hold up because I think Johnson's a talented filmmaker. I would say having his name attached to most things is enough for me to to be compelled. Uh, I think he's got a pretty good um, filmography. It's funny, he didn't, he's not one of these guys that um, just makes a million films. I mean, he made Brick, right? And then he made The Brothers Bloom. Yeah. Uh, he's made a few things in between Looper, uh, the Last Jedi, Knives Out, and that's that's it. I mean, yeah, what's that? Is. Five films in fifteen years, one every three years. That's not very prolific. Yeah, he doesn't make a whole lot of stuff. Uh, he, well, he got tied up in the Star Wars thing quite a bit because there was a rumor. I don't know if it fell through or not, but there was a rumor he was going to do a trilogy all of his own. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that. So he may have worked on that for a while, but uh, obviously he only did the uh, Last Jedi, which is a bit controversial at this point uh, amongst yeah. Star Wars fans so yeah I think for me I'm I'm okay with it um, the weight of that franchise is gonna pile on for anyone yeah because right? there's a lot of let's face it um, what we saw on screen may not have even been his vision as the filmmaker quite frankly no, right in all likelihood it was not probably not so <laughs> you know there's that um, the cast on this one, I should say too, I don't think he's made a bad film. Uh, I don't either. Actually, I haven't seen Knives Out yet, but I know I'll probably like it. And, uh, I haven't seen a bad Ryan Johnson film yet. Yeah. You could do worse. You could do worse for sure. It's, uh, we all enjoyed it. It's, it's fun. And again, I think he's, a, he makes very handsome films. Yeah. Going back to this, you mentioned the budget was 500 grand. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest indicators for me of and this is probably an obvious statement but i don't know that i've ever mentioned on the show one of the biggest indicators for me that a filmmaker is talented is how much they can stretch that budget and i don't just mean in terms of um effects or this or that but can it look will it look good will it is it money well spent and i think you look back at this and i also before i think some of the performances are a bit of a mixed bag they're a bit um bit too cute for their own good. Some of the dialogue is a bit gimmicky for its own good in hindsight or to look back, but it's a very good-looking film. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I, so that, that's one of the controversies, I think. Well, not controversies, but one of the talking points of the movie because I do I do think the dialogue is gimmicky, but I, I think it, it sets itself up to be gimmicky from the get-go. It, it does. It jumps in It jumps in with both feet on that thing. Yeah, um, commit. And that, that kind of, you know, Dashiell Hammett, Bugsy Malone type thing without the singer and dancing. Yeah. It's yeah, Dash but that's that's the thing. That's the thing that distinguishes it because meh. okay, you know meh, the, mo- the movie. Meh, see? <laughs> uh, there's a there's a twist. See, meh. there's a twist. See? Twist, twist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the movie it signals itself off right in the first two scenes. So there's a murder. There's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that's the thing that distinguishes it. Uh, I think is that it, it's that weird off kilterness that that forties or fifties speak or whatever you want to call it. Yep. That sort of um, you know oddball it, it almost it, it almost in a certain way kind of reminds me of uh when swingers came out and then everybody was into like that kind of oh yeah thing. Well, todd, remember that yeah yeah todd you're so yeah. money it's ridiculous so oh, don't do that. yeah <laughs> you're so you're like money. this bunny yeah you're so money 
Yeah. So money, I don't even know how money I am. I think that this, so both of our films this week are interesting kind of genre mashups. And well, they I, are, and they also deal with youth. Yeah, and right? I think from a youth perspective, and I think that Brick is a really great example of how you take a genre and kind of re repurpose it. Yeah, repurpose it to something not just a modern film, but he throws it into the world of high school. Where I think there's yes. a great, there's a great, great, great. There's a great quote. <laughs> there's a great quote from uh, from Joseph Gordon Levitt. Okay, uh, no, there's a I sound like Bob now from Streets. But there is a there is a there is a great quote from him where he says that it's not the way high school was, but it is sometimes the way high school felt. And yeah. Over, that, overly dramatic, right? We remember our probably our yes. high school years as these overly dramatic years. But if you was to actually go back and look at them as kind of an omnipresence, you'd probably say to yourself, "God, that was kind of stupid." <laughs> it was trivial, but I think that's one of the things I love about the film, and that's one of my notes. Is okay. A, I think that the cast commit to the the novelty of the, the the dialogue becomes more than novelty because everyone commits to it it becomes very like matter of fact and it feels real like they they feels like they're they're speaking it it's not this coy thing but also yeah the stakes are high in their world through their eyes yeah and yeah. that's the thing you have to get right i mean and it does feel that way because i remember high school some of these little tragedy tiny tragedies in our lives felt like just oh they weighed so much and this kind of takes that and makes it very cinematic and puts a real murder mystery at the the core of it yeah yeah, yeah. well i think i think that's interesting that you know he uses the idea of the underworld uh versus high school slash teenage life like the comparison between the two mm-hmm. uh with all that sort of that sort of you know nastiness and the shittiness and you know all that that kind of stuff that can that could be up in there you know it's, it's a pretty simple but it's it's also pretty effective uh, because it is both the underworld and you know high school life can they could both be rung for a hell of a lot of uh, melodrama and you know come on, let's call it quote unquote danger, but you know the the thing here and and we've kind of already touched on this is that you kind of have to buy into the aesthetic, or else the film would be seen as you know gimmicky and, and silly, especially yeah. with the, you know how heightened the the dialogue is and how how they just kind of play it off as being yeah. the most normal thing in the entire world. Well, and I think and I think there are times that you can kind of feel Johnson. Uh, sitting behind his his uh, PC or whatever, kind of feeling very satisfied with what he's putting down. Yeah, sure. But I think that I think that thankfully, uh, Johnson is both a good writer and a director, so he kind of he, he kind of gets away with it. And furthermore, Levitt is a very good actor. Yeah, he is a great uh, actor. So I think that those those three things combined mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, really make are what make this thing kind of sail along as well as it does. And also, you know, this stuff is straight up my alley, so I'm kind of a sucker for it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, I might be a little, I might be a little more forgiving of forgiving. Uh, this than you, uh, than some other people might be. You just said you know you can feel Johnson. So I mean you know I, as long <laughs> as you can feel Johnson when you watch this. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Right. yeah. You, you're, what you're saying is you're licking the blood in the sink that Johnson's putting down. So, so I am I am eating the booger that he rolled up. Oh, and oh, oh had to fucking go there. Oh yeah. <laughs> That, that the, roll, the, the roll up, I want to say, when they roll it up in between their two fingers, that is the, that is the cherry on top of repulsion. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, it's oh, a- that's so gross. Yeah. Well, usually as you roll it up to get rid of it, but some people roll mm. it. Somebody, some people roll it up for that gum drop. That gum drop there, babe. Oh, the uh, jawbreaker, but the oh no, that you gum stopper. Oh. I hope it's not a jawbreaker. <laughs> Man, you need a humidifier in your life. It's so jawbreaker. I actually here's a Sammy story. Uh, nothing, nothing as good as a chimpanzee shaking hand story, but <laughs> nothing ever will be. Never will be a story. That was that your reaches, pulp fiction, man. Yeah, that was my moment. I need to work that into some that kind was your of citizen game. I need to, yeah, I need to write a screenplay or write a novel or something and work that in there somehow. Oh, man. But the I know somebody who is a private detective, and <laughs> believe it or not, private detective it the, the, this person I won't say his, his name, but they will tell me that he is he's never more bored than when he's working. Uh, because it is truly, it is nothing like the movies. It is so boring. And, but it's, so it, it kind of that perspective of kind of looking at high school through that lens is a very interesting touch. And I I think Ryan Johnson has kind of nailed it on the head by doing that because we tend to look back at our youth with these either rose colored glasses or these dramatic ways of looking at things. And the truth is, they're, they like Will said, they are very trivial, uh, very everyday. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And uh, I think it's interesting that Dashiell Hammett and writers and stuff like that take the ordinary and they make it extraordinary, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes story and what makes drama and what makes films and novels and all these things we love. That's what makes them special is that <laughs> you, you're exaggerating. You're, you're taking it that much further. And I think that's what we got here is a really great example of exaggeration, of, of taking a story idea and raising the stakes within a genre uh, like, like the high school movie. Uh, you just, you know, you're taking a Dashiell Hammett story, you're plopping it into the middle of a high school movie, and you raise the drama by throwing some drugs and some violence in there and, yep. and some adult themes, and boom, you got an, an interesting take on an age-old story. Absolutely, you do. Yeah. I want to, before we get in any further, we've talked about Levitt briefly. He's the the anchor for the film, obviously, as the lead. Mm-hmm. He's kind of disappeared, um, feels like. Maybe he's still working. Oh, I'm sure he is. Uh, oh, a he little still bit. is, yeah. He's, he's kind of been hanging out with Nolan a lot. Yeah. I, I've always loved him. Um, I want to take this opportunity to mention a film that I absolutely adore that he did. And it's I think it's the kind of feather in this guy's cap because a lot of his other films I don't think have aged very well um, it's uh, Mysterious Skin oh yeah um, Gregor Rocky so that film for me that was the film where I first saw Levitt as, a, as an actor and he was tremendous in the film yeah just tremendous Brady Corbet is in it fantastic Elizabeth Shue fantastic so let me sidestep and say if you haven't seen that film maybe you're put off by some of Rocky's work like Doom Generation it might be very 90s for you but speaking of very 90s but yeah. that film Levitt is so good in that film uh, it's a really fantastic film but yeah he's great in this and he commits and um, I think for the most part Johnson gets rings a lot of really good performances out of his young cast mm-hmm. because not only, not only are they asked to commit to the film and act but they're asked to as we said commit to this gimmick of sorts which which becomes organic to the film um, Nora Zetner's good in the film. Lucas Haas was great casting by him. Yeah, I think yeah. Haas works great. Well, yeah, because and Haas has got a weird look to him. He's got a kind of an off kilter kind of look. He always has, right? Yeah, he always well, has. It, it, it helps that you know he's 
he's clearly kind of playing this big fish in a little pond kind of guy. But the great thing that I thought about that character uh, is that he dresses like uh, Baron Winters uh, from DC's Night Force <laughs> yeah. comic book, yeah. uh, just all in black. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a little, so, with a little one. Uh, little, I just, I just found that really interesting. With a little half cape. He got a half cape going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the, he's got the, for lack of a better term, the club foot too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's an interesting point you bring up. So did you notice watching it this time how many shots there are of feet? There's tons. There's yeah. tons. Yeah. And it's not it's not in a fetish way. It's in a way no. of kind of showing this 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 kind of travelogue of the movie. Um, well, and it's it is done very cinematically. It's done, yeah. I think, to give us a variety of shots and to shoot things in a way that, in some ways, adds suspense and adds. Um, context to some of the things we're seeing, or fleshes out certain characters in a way. Well, it adds a western feel to it too, is because oh, very much so. Because you don't have a lot of guns in the movie. There's very few, no. as a matter of fact. But and if you remember, a lot of westerns, especially spaghetti westerns, a lot of them are shot from the, the hips, the the boots yeah. and the hips down. Uh, so you can always see the gun, but here you're not seeing guns. So you're seeing feet, which, in a lot of ways, feet are the weapon against the bad guys in this because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's never staying still. He's always moving. He's always moving, he's always walking, right? And I think Haas, one of the things I like about the film is Johnson, in moments in the film, doesn't take himself so seriously that he's not willing to look back and almost, um, not lampoon, but he's he's willing to kind of poke fun at how self-serious these high schoolers are, like the scene when they're at Haas's house and the mother's getting levitt the cornflakes and yeah. i love that scene. About the juice it's a great scene yeah it right is. and it's kind of a reminder that yes i know we're playing in this world and <laughs> and these kids in some ways are playing dress up even though things are very serious but yeah, yeah you know it's a really great scene um so haas is great i think noah fleiss is not very good as tugger he, well, i think he he does a good enough job as just being a rage machine yeah yeah he's, he, him, he's a physical threat that uh, that haas really couldn't be yeah, I think maybe that's – no, that's fair. And I think my problem is I almost have the Sammy complex where I look at Fleiss's character and I look at Brian White as Brad Bramish. And those two to me are ridiculous yeah. and not believable as tough. Yeah. But I'm looking at it now as a 40-year-old man. Yeah, sure. Not as not as not as a high sure. schooler. So yeah, maybe that's where that – like, it's almost like Sammy with the child – with like the, the evil child, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Brian, the Brian, the Brad Bramish character, the Brian White acting. Uh, first of all, I never, felt, yeah, I never felt like he was a high schooler. First of all, no, so, he's, he's terrible in the film. He yeah. might be the weakest link in the cast. And second of all, I, you know, I don't even. In some ways, he's he's a red herring. Yes, well, actually, in all ways, he's a red herring. I, I yep. don't know, that might be a bit of a spoiler, but I, I just he he's. I don't know what I don't know what I thought. I I, I it like was a, it was. There's a great moment of comeuppance with him, but I don't know if it's yeah. believable. Although yeah, I, don't I know guess that it, it is, is either, to be honest. But but then again, maybe that's because we're playing in the world of high school movies. Well, yeah, and I think it's also we get to see maybe a bit of commentary on posturing. Yeah. Within that world, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of know, violence in of this the, movie. Wait, he was he was the jock, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the jock. Yeah. Would kind of. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's never he's never shown not bitching about how he's underappreciated. Yeah. Right? Got to put right. me in the game, right. coach. Okay, okay. Yeah. He yeah. his stuff's a lot, in fact, yeah. In comparison, Fleiss is a lot better as Tugger than he is as this jock. But it's funny watching this now, and I never I never noticed at the time how much it really feels like uh, a few different filmmakers. It feels a lot of people are going to say Lynch and Blue Velvety stuff. It feels like Tim Hunter's River's Edge to me a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels very Van Sant in a lot of ways. Yep, a little bit of that. 
And then yeah, you know there is some there is some like genre type stuff in there too. There's some you know some fast editing, some frames taken out with punches and some. But never like distractingly so. No, no. Like it, it's never fatiguing in the way that a lot of contemporary filmmakers. I think Johnson, even as a young, and that's one of the things I like about this is when Todd, I think it was you, Todd, or maybe you, Sammy, said how good this film looks. It's always the the tendency of a young filmmaker to want to show us all the tricks they got in the bag, but. Yeah. Johnson's that rare young filmmaker who's a true talent mm -hmm. that knows when to hold them, knows when to fold them, and he's willing to dole things out in a in an efficient manner and make a handsome film that doesn't isn't showy for showy sake. Yeah, right, right. Well, well there's uh, that the, like ahead, the, the skirmish, the skirmish yeah. scene between uh, Brad and, and uh, uh, Brendan Levitt. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I thought that was really well handled. I think that. You know, he Johnson does mix up what he's doing, and it works well enough. But that being said, there's this one shot in that where Brendan and Brad attack each other in front of a static camera, and they go in and out of frame. Uh, and I got to say, I think that the whole fight should have been that one shot, uh, quite yeah. frankly. But yeah. uh, I, it's still a good scene. Yeah. But you could definitely, you could definitely kind of see uh, that he's he's. <clears throat> that you could kind of see Johnson trying. Uh, in the in that scene, like you yeah. can mm -hmm. see him behind the camera, kind of trying to uh, to stylize what uh, what's happening here, trying think, to find yeah. something interesting to, to put on screen. I think, yeah. or maybe it's a little tryhard in that respect. Yeah. I mean, it's still a good scene. Well, but I, I'm just saying it's something that you can you can actually feel. I could anyway, but maybe it's just because you know. Yeah. It's it's this film going back and watching it. What I realized this time was how much he plays with sound. Oh, very much so. Look it's, at the scene with the, the the foot chase. Yeah, it reminds me um, of uh, it reminds me in a weird way of Leone. Uh, oh there, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, well, again, that comes down to the spaghetti thing, where you get a lot yeah. of that that was influenced through Leone. The the rhythmic yeah um, sound design or, foot, or or rhythm and sound in a scene. Yeah, the foot chase, the car, the tugger drives, the mm -hmm. the just little. Uh, there's a lot of things with sound. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is the scene where he's just looking at the body. And he hears a sound in the tunnel, and he just kind of looks up and just stares at the oh, tunnel great, for a minute. Oh, great, great moment. And great it's, moment it's, it's because a, it's a great lesson in suspense. It's a great way of showing, like we talked about. Yeah, like, we, was it the third? Is it third man? Yeah. Is it, well, that's Carol Reed. <laughs> Carol Reed, but 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 is also very much a Hitchcocky yeah. thing. We, right? But we talked about how Cachet was having trouble getting that suspense lined up with streets, whereas <laughs> Brian Johnson, I'm not saying he's the world's greatest filmmaker, but he is certainly very very, very good. Filmmaker. At creating suspense, and he knows how to use the camera and knows how to cut. Well, and he's also smart enough to use some misdirection because in that moment, as much as Levitt's taken by surprise in the tunnel, we are as well, which oh, yeah. makes it immediately yeah. suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. It works really wonderfully. It's very, it is very Lynchian, too, now that I think about it, when you said that oh, name. Oh, but yeah, yeah, Lynchy, Lynch Van Sant, Tim Hunter. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are the ones that really stick out yep. to me. Um I, it, it really good casting with Roundtree. It's kind of very yeah. <laughs> um, he's good. He's really good in the movie. He, he's good, and it's kind of it's it's funny that Roundtree. I, I think it's very you know Johnson knows his film, and it's it's an interesting choice to have Roundtree, who was you know the the private eye himself, who was outside the establishment. Now he is the establishment. He's the he's the vice principal. Yeah. Well, so he's, kind of he's nice, the police captain, right? He's, he's the, the police, quote, well, police captain absolutely. who has There's a begrudging respect down. for the private dick. Yeah, yeah, he, he lets him kind of have his rope and, yeah. and do his thing. Well, uh, it's no, is, it's uh, no uh, 
coincidence too. His last name is Truman. Truman. Well, but, precisely. But it's, but it's spelled T R U E M A N. Truman. Yeah. True man, that's right. Yeah, Richard well, he, yeah. is a true He's man. a complicated man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as is uh, Brendan in this little bit. Uh, watching this too, I couldn't help but, and a lot of these other ones that I've already mentioned have been mentioned as influences, but my wife watches Riverdale. Hmm. And I can't help but think how much Riverdale is influenced by this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, Big time. It, yeah because they're taking the, the Archie thing, right? And, yeah, making it kind of lynchy, kind right. of that's right, genre like genre, right? Um, another film. Both of our films are shot in California this week too. Yeah, this one's shot in right. San Clemente, and this yeah. one, uh, this one, I gotta say, I really like the way this one. I like the way this one looks a lot more than Streets. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, it's better shot, and I watched an HD copy, so there's those two things. Yeah. But also because yeah. uh, it's never overtly. Californian? No. Uh, no. Again, it doesn't just have a lot. Yeah, right? but just enough that you know that it is California. Yep. No, for sure. Uh, Emily DeRaven, I think, is really good in a, in a smaller turn as the the doomed love interest. I, of course, and most of us would know her from Lost. Yeah. And it's evident in seeing this versus Lost that she was maybe a better actress than she was <laughs> sure. given with the material on loss. She's, sure. she's goodness. I think she has a very tragic, uh, doomed kind of love interest feel that I, she's really good. And I think emotionally we get from her what Johnson wanted us to get from her. Yeah. I think she's effective in that turn. Uh, to do, I think Matt, I love Matt O'Leary in the film is the brain. I love his yeah. relationship with Brendan. I think they're fantastic together. Dude, how yeah. how underappreciated is the brain in all of this? <laughs> I know. He's almost like oh. a throwaway. He's like yeah. kind of he's the facility he facilitates just about everything that uh, Brendan uh, is able to do, but he's just yep. kind of just in the background the entire movie. Yep. But isn't that isn't that befitting of sure. the character of his, right? So but he's fantastic in the film, right? Yeah. Matt O'Leary. And they're great together. Um is really well lit. It's funny. There's even a few Kubricky shots, kind of you know, medium shots that feel just impeccably framed and and never showy. But yeah. again, it kind of shows that Johnson's you know he's a film student, yep. student of film. Uh, what else do we got here? Let's take my blood sport notes. Nice Pet cemetery. Nice. Uh, yeah, where are we? Yeah, you, you got notes. Uh, you got notes mixed with notes. That's a notes on notes on notes. <laughs> It's that damn road. It's that damn road. Um, yeah, so we talked about this, how deadly serious they all are, right? And the world is to them. Um, oh, you know what shot I love in this film is when he gets that uh, that code on the paper and it says that it's that symbol, it says at midnight, and it has uh, in the the background sort of slightly out of focus, 11.59, and then the, in the foreground it says midnight. We just gonna we hold on that until it hits midnight. Yeah, really, really good. There's a lot of uh, a lot of shots of time of clocks. Uh, yeah, because time is important. The clock's ticking here, yep. right? The show's gonna go cold. Um, I'll tell you, man. Noah Fleiss's Tugger, and I know it was a sign of the times, but them baggy jeans. Oh man. <laughs> With and and let's here's a here's my pro tip of the day. A tugger's, I told my kids Tugger's this. got a uh, Noah Fleiss got a big ass too. Yeah, he does have a caboose. He's got a he's got a Dan Aykroyd ass. He does. He does have an Aykroyd ass. Um, 
if you think that wearing a white baseball cap is a good idea or a white toque very, very much of the time, almost very 90s, really. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, you are mistaken mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you sweat or get dirt yeah, looks, on your white baseball cap looks like or your white toque. Looks like somebody pissed on it. It looks like someone pissed on it. Yep. Or, spoil, or, or, or spilled sour milk on it. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> so it's if gross. that's the look you're going for, then wear the white hat because that white hat will look good for approximately two days. Yep. yep. So and don't wear it in the summer. Tip. Wear it. Wear it in the winter. That's a pro tip. I know white's a I know white's a summer color, but I'd if you're gonna wear a hat, I go white in the winter. Yeah, that, that's just my that's my pro tip because I mean otherwise oh, you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna sweat in it first day. You're gonna run it first day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the scene. I love the kind of the snappy exchanges between Brendan and Zetner at school, and then Brendan and Kara making Good's character. Yeah. Like, it just they're really snappy. They're, they got a nice pace to them. I love the scene when he says. To where you're still picking your teeth with freshmen. Yeah. You know, that little exchange. Really good yeah. stuff. But th- those are well, all my that, notes. Okay, so the Nora Zahetner character, I think, makes a really good femme fatale. Going, piggybacking off what you're saying here. Although, I got to say, she never connects in any, in any meaningful way for me. Not for me yes. either. And I think that, you know, while femmes fatale are certainly impro- important in, uh, in noir... Uh, they rarely do more than serve a function, and I think that's mm-hmm. the case here. And yeah. it's almost yes. as a yeah. nod to its roots. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, because and and speaking of making good, I I love how she uh, she appears as a different stage persona. Yeah. Uh, whenever she shows up. Yep. I yes. thought that was really nice. That is a nice touch for sure. Yeah, making good's really good in the movie. She really is. No joke intended. Uh, no pun intended. And 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 the lighting. I want to say the lighting is really great in this film. Like there's a few scenes, like the scene where her legs cross over, mm-hmm. right? And that the lighting in that scene is just it's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Todd, what you got on brick? Uh okay. So on that brick uh, house. Uh, <laughs> I'm shitting a brick right about now. Um, Ooh. How about it? Uh, it definitely feels both uh, low budget and like a filmmaker who has a vision but is still working out some of his rough edges, like yeah. almost on a student film level. Well, I, I think you know, um, you know. I was thinking about this. If you're Hollywood and you see a guy that can make a movie that looks like this for five hundred grand, oh man, you immediately think to yourself, "Hey, I, I can see where this could be a calling card." Sure, absolutely, hundred percent. If I'm a but, movie, if I'm a movie studio guy, I'm like, "Whoa, he made that for five hundred grand." It's yep. pretty, pretty impressive. Well, it, it used to be ten grand, twenty grand. Yep, but, sure, sure. Oh, Mary, uh, money. <laughs> yeah, seven yeah. grand. <laughs> seven grand. Yeah. Uh, so, so this stuff being said, you know, it's very clear that Johnson understands how to use the frame, and he understands about depth, and because you know he's a big fan of using uh, the background. Uh, to give us information or drop clues, the background of the frame, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I thought that that was really, really very smart. Um, so the Brendan character, he very clearly still has deep feelings for Emily, uh, though he keeps saying he doesn't care, and that's kind of the basis for the yeah. the pulp detective character that he's you know based off of. You know, he's he's this cool guy. He's even you know kind of antisocial on the outside, but he has a heart that can be um, melted by the right circumstances or the right people. Uh, it follows along with the, with all this stuff, you know, right to a T. Uh, and this leads into part of what's going on here. And again, uh, in the old uh, noir detective stories, is that's the idea of the the sort of perverted wealthy uh, doing whatever they want, uh, which kind of starts at the uh, the party where the the Brad guy uh, in the toga is threatening Brendan for uh, you know for being there, and then it goes from there. Yeah. You get like clues and secret meetings and this sort of a cabal thing going on with the, you know, all of this other stuff. Um, 
Okay, skip that. Uh, and part of Brendan's deal uh, is guilt for how he behaved in the past, for what he fails to do in the present. Right. Uh, it's a strong motivation, and it really works. Uh, so you know, it draws us. Uh, it draws us in, and it keeps us going along with him. Yeah. Plus, so despite plus, despite some of his shittier uh, his shittier um, elements. Yeah. Plus, it amp- uh, it amplifies itself when we find out a piece of information towards the end of the film, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, getting back to the pin here for a minute, I love that you know he hangs out with high school kids in his mom's basement out in suburbia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's still threatening because he has enough muscle who work for him to do damage, yeah. and he's not about violence to his enemies. Yep. So I think Johnson uh, really makes very good use of shadows, uh, mm-hmm. both in the film in general and in this. There's an interrogation scene yep. uh, that mm-hmm. they have here that just works fantastic. Yep. Uh, and we talked about the uh, the scene in the Pins kitchen with his mother. Uh, and personally, I, th- I think that that was absolutely brilliant because yeah. it works as a conflict and as comedy. Yes. Um, so, you know, and then uh, later on, there's a scene with the, the pin on the beach. Uh, and I really dug that one as well because it shows a bit of, a bit of uh, depth to the, uh, the character. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting, the pin thing, because it, it does seem like a grown up playing in a kid's world. Yeah, and I know there's a murder mystery around this movie, so the stakes are high to begin with. But then there's something that takes place at the tunnel with the Dode character. Yep, and then I mean the stakes are even higher. Even even Pin is like, you know, backing away at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because and 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 in that way, what I really like about the movie is it takes it does take the stakes that much higher. Yeah, it's like absolutely. The, the stakes absolutely. are already high, but now we're going to take it to that. It's going to exaggerate it to that next level. Yep. Which I didn't, you know, the first time I saw this movie, I was kind of shocked by that moment. Uh, uh, yeah, I can see that. It, it, come, it happens pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so the best of this type of story are usually very simple, but the laying out of the clues uh, tends to make them more complicated by just turning screws. Because um, these movies tend to be, you know, they're, they're just a bad day uh, that gets progressively worse. Uh, so I, I really like that. I like that it's, it's just these small things that kind of like tick like a little clock. Um, and it's just, every time they do, shit gets worse for the, the main character, and you're, you're dying to see what happens to him next. Right. And that's how that, that's how this thing works as well as it does. Um, the finale of the movie is filled with uh, chaos, mm-hmm. uh, and I like that it kind of has an apocalyptic feel to it um, in a certain way. And uh, you know, naturally, yeah. all that's left after that is the uh, the actual big showdown on the football field uh, with a, a there's this classically cynical bittersweet reveal mm-hmm. uh that levitt handles as well as i think uh bogey ever could yeah uh so yeah. certainly you know you can you get the <clears throat> strong uh, correlation there uh, i also noticed at this point uh in time that uh, the levitt character really likes to throw the expression it doesn't matter in there uh whenever he's rattling off facts clues or theories yeah. uh to kind of just string things along uh, the movie, I think overall, I think it definitely could have used a little bit of ratcheting, uh, because by the 90 minute mark, uh, it feels like the story should have been wrapped up, but we still have one more act to go. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was just the way that the, the scenes were laid out, but it definitely felt like it should have been done by that point. But that said, uh, the film does work very well on the whole, and yeah. I think it gets overlooked, especially in light of Johnson and Levitt's subsequent work. Uh, 
but it's a, it's a good one. I'm uh, yeah, I, I dug it the first time I saw it. I dug it again on the rewatch. So that's yeah. all that I got. Yeah, it is a good one. I think that uh, it overcomplicates itself. Like it's already it's already a story of complications and mysteries and dialogue driven, and you kind of got to pay attention. But it just continues to kind of compound upon itself. And by the yeah. by the last twenty minutes or so, like you were talking about, you know, ninety minutes in, you're starting to think to yourself, Jesus just come to some type of resolution because you're just mm. you're just kind of, you keep complicating this more and more and more and i just at this at that point i think you just want some type of cathartic release just to get through the, yeah. the story not that you don't mind spending time with these characters i mean there's not a lot of great characters in the movie as far as morals are concerned but you, that's right. not you're not really here for that you're here for the mystery aspects of it and the the seediness of the whole thing and you know of course you know, the fact that it's done in the Sunshine State, or not, well, not the Sunshine State, but a state known for its sunshine and, and nice weather and stuff. And, and it just, it, there's, there's a, a gleefulness, uh, not to the characters, but to the way it's shot. Uh, it's kind of a moodiness that kind of made me think. I, I don't know if it's just that California does that to movies. Uh, I think it does, honestly. There's something about California movies that makes it, if it's during the day, it just kind of makes it kind of, happy looking uh, yeah sounds like a silly thing to say but i think of stuff like that because lynch can really mix in that kind of happiness feeling with this kind of dark underbelly (laughs) nausea and yeah yeah, maybe better than anybody uh obviously so anyway um yeah i I really enjoyed it on a rewatch um i don't know if i loved it as much as i did the first time i saw it but i certainly admire the craft of it it's very well made it's a hell of a debut feature film um and like will said you know he doesn't work that often obviously you know like a lot of people he's uh, around i think our i think he's within our age, yeah, age group right around our age so up down you, a few years. yeah you can see why he jumped on the star wars thing it was a chance to play in the star wars universe and stuff and i don't you know i don't hold him or jj abrams i don't hold them guilty to that no that, not at all good for them i yeah. would hey yeah if I mean, you can see you made a star wars film shit yeah if I'm making movies and somebody says, hey, you want to make a Star Wars movie? I'd be like, oh, man, it'd be hard for me to turn it down, too, because it's a pivotal part even, of my life. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, even outside of the financial uh, benefits to it, but as someone who loves film, and we all know whether we love or like or don't like Star Wars, to say that you are now part of history and having made something that was yeah, probably the most um, well-known, beloved film franchise in history. Yeah. Uh, and it just extends far beyond even film. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you do it? Right. I mean, yeah. you can't be right someone for that. No, I would never. And uh, so it's it's interesting that he he did it, but at the same time, I don't think it's hurt him. I don't think it's hurt Ryan at all. I mean, I know he's taken some some heat from Star Wars fanboys and whatever. They're all gonna you're all you're always gonna get that. I think anybody that makes a Star Wars movie from this from post Jedi onward or post. Even post Lucas, uh, you know the Phantom Menace stuff and everything we just talked about earlier. I think anybody that makes any Star Wars movies is going to get some heat from something. But Johnson, I think, is he's going to come out of it unfazed because I think honestly, I haven't seen Knives Out, but I haven't heard a bad word about it. I think that he's going to be just fine uh, doing his thing. Uh, I quite enjoyed Looper, and I enjoyed the Brothers Bloom, yeah. and I've joined everything he's done. So mm-hmm. I don't think uh, you know it's going to affect him in any way, shape, or form. I don't know if he'll go back. Uh, I know, like I said, there was a rumor that he was going to do a trilogy, but I don't know if he dropped out of that or if he's still going to do it or not. But um, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I think he's kind of bulletproof right now because I think he makes solid 
uh, genre movies. They're not overtly genre, but they're they are genre. I mean, I guess I guess they are kind of genre. Looper is basically a private eye type thing in a way. And it's yeah, it is very pulpy, and I think he does stuff that's ambitious and intellectual without feeling like grand and operatic in the way that Nolan stuff does for better or worse. Like it's, I don't know. He's, he's a good intelligent filmmaker without, without sniffing his own air. Yeah. Seems, seems like it seems like he's, uh, you know, got a good head on his shoulders when it comes to that kind of stuff. And he's, you know, I I think most of the stuff he's done is pretty well done. uh, Very well received. The Mm -hmm. Levitt character. It's interesting. We were talking about Joseph Gordon Levitt. I, I always think of him, so, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he worked on sitcoms quite a bit when he was younger. And, Third Rock uh, from the Sun with old French Stewart. Speaking of French Stewart, yeah, Third Rock from the Sun. He did uh, some stuff on Roseanne. He he did stuff mm-hmm. like that. I remember the first time I saw him was in A River Runs Through It, the Robert Redford film. I saw him as a kid actor. Oh yeah. Um, I remember some some friend of mine. I can't remember who it was, but he hated him on Third Rock. He, like he hated. You know how some sometimes there's an actor or something that has a certain smirk or a certain look that you yeah. just can't stand. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something, whatever. Say, I know a lot of people don't like Bruce Willis because of his smirk, or some actors just have this natural smirk. You just can't, you can't explain it. You just don't, you can't get behind them. I had this friend who hated Joseph Gordon-Levitt, even on Third Rock from the Sun, just because he thought he was smirky, so he wouldn't see any movies. And I was like, man, this guy's doing some pretty interesting work. Well, and in the film world, and they're like, no, no way, he'll never, he'll never make it as an actor. And I'm like, well, it seems like he's done pretty well for himself. Yeah, and I think it's because like DiCaprio and some of these other young actors i think he he picks interesting projects mm-hmm. um, you know i don't always love the uh i didn't really care for him in inception i'm not a big fan of that movie but he was pretty cool in the movie yeah he was yeah and uh i think he he handles himself quite well in most everything he does i i he, really never seen a bad levitt performance and he seems to take care much like dicaprio even though i don't love dicaprio as an actor but i love dicaprio's intent uh, to work with interesting filmmakers like Levitt seems to take care to work with people that make good film, generally speaking. Like he yeah. he doesn't do a lot of cash in shitty stuff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he 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 does the occasional uh, thing where it might be. I mean, I think of the Zemeckis film, The Walk. I mean, but but that that's okay. I think it's okay to do stuff like that. I think he does fine, and he mm-hmm. he pops up and stuff every now and then. But you know, I. He, I think he picks the right things. I, th- I really do. I think he picks interesting things. Yeah. I think he does a good job with the stuff he does pick. And he's always interesting. I'll say that about him above all things. He, even if it's in a big commercial, even if it's in G.I. Joe, like his Cobra Commander. Oh, Cobra Commander, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big piece of fluff, but he's fine, he's fine in the movie. So Yeah. Um, Zinnia, I think it's about all I got. I'm trying to look through here and see if I got anything else, but I don't think I do. I forgot he was Cobra Commander. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the, maybe the one cash-in thing, maybe. But maybe he had a thing. He loved G.I. Joe as a kid, and it was like a chance to... Well, yeah, you know, I mean, he well, he's done that. He did uh, the second Sin City. He did, I mean, that's not really a cash in. Which but. no, I think yeah, I think there's there there can be some artistic merit yeah. to that. He worked for Frank Miller, Rodriguez, kind of a cool filmmaker, does some fun sandboxy things. Yeah. Did fifty fifty, you know, which was a pretty good cancer comedy for saying that. Mm, I mean, I, you know, right, right. Uh, but I, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. It's over long, but I thought it was pretty solid. And yeah, he's done a few things, but at the same time, I can't shun him for that because I think some of the stuff he does is is uh, I think again he's good in everything he does. And I really yeah. liked his uh, directorial debut. He played a meathead kind of New Jersey Don John or whatever. Yeah. 
And he yeah. played this kind of meat-headed New Jersey stereotype, and he did a really good job with it. And it's really a very touching movie, considering what it's all about. It's really mm-hmm. uh, very well done. I like seeing him do some of that, more of that kind of stuff. I'm looking through some of the stuff he's done recently. It looks like, obviously, he's always tied to Ryan Johnson somehow. He's got a voice in Knives Out, just does a voice. Yeah, that's right. I'll say this. I feel like if him and DiCaprio are the two kind of baby-faced, talented actors... Although his resume is not as robust as DiCaprio's, I think as an actor, I prefer Levitt to DiCaprio. Yeah. Just in terms of talent, I yeah. find him, I prefer him. Yeah, no, I, I, I probably do as well. I probably do as well. Um, I don't mind DiCaprio, but I don't love yeah, him I like either. him enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right where you are. I mean, I, do I like him while I watch a movie he's in? Sure, but it's usually yeah. because of who he works with. Yes. It really doesn't have much to do with DiCaprio. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think of Blood Diamond. Did I watch that because of DiCaprio? Yeah, I probably did because I'm not the biggest Ed Zwick fan. But. Oh, man, yeah. Did, But I didn't really love the movie either. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I don't see every DiCaprio movie. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, I'm with you. And I, let me just say as a sidebar, the disproportionate, with all due respect to DiCaprio, praise that he got for that role. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Jeez. Yeah. It wasn't that great. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, it was Ed, Ed Zwick, man. Come on, yeah, Ed Zwick. I mean, yeah, Ed Zwick's a perfectly fine Hollywood. He's filmmaker. fine. He's yeah. fine. He's competent. He yeah. he does what Hollywood needs. He's a good Hollywood Hollywood uh, workman director for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I like quite a few of his films, but I don't think yeah. there's any of my love. No, that's but, right. That's right. So let's get into make or breaks MVTs. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with, um, Mao. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's Mar. a tough one here. Mar. Jesus. <laughs> damn road. Little, little tandem. Uh, how long uh, before we review little Caesar? It's, Next it's, week. We're going down the road to it right now. It seems, aren't we? <laughs> it seems like we are. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with my make a break. I really like the, the kind of the mental and verbal gymnastics with him and the Megan. Is it Megan Wood? Megan uh, Wood? yeah. Megan Good. Megan Good. Yeah. Megan Goodwood. Megan uh, Good. Um, I think Megan, I think Megan I gave, know. You, gave you Wood. Yeah. I think there's a bit of, there's a bit of a, uh, a sexual tension between them. There's a history there. And I like kind of those gymnastics. I don't know. I, there's a lot of great exchanges in the film. I, that's probably not even the best scene, but just I think I really like that scene. Um, MVT. Do I go with? I'm going to go Johnson. As much as I could say Levitt, Levitt isn't the only strong thing. There's a lot of strong points to this film, and Johnson is the yeah. one that wrangles it all in. And yeah. and and listen, in the wrong hands, this could have been a fucking awful gimmick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's be real here. So um, it's got to be Johnson, as much as I love Levitt. Uh, and my score for this one is, I'm going to say a 7.75 out of 10. Hmm. Really love it. Fantastic. Really great rewatch. I actually want to buy this on Blu-ray. Are there a bunch of good special features on it? Uh, there's commentary a, there's track? Auto comment, audio, uh, blah, 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 blah. audio commentary and a few other things. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's worth the buy. It's definitely worth uh, the buy. It looks great. Uh, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, ah! The uh, no, it's 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 def- <laughs> it's definitely worth owning. Uh, I would say that. Yeah. I mean, I I have no regrets in buying it. None. I think 
the selling point will be the thing about are there interactive menus? Uh, ooh, it's just ooh, a, are there trailers? It's uh, ooh, yeah, there are for other films for, even for other films. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. okay. So well, out. then I might be in. I might be. I'm gonna bump my score up to an eight. Nice, nice. nice. Yeah, I gotta go. I, I just yeah. Nice. They want to chintz out on R J and J G L. There you go. Yeah. What do you got, Todd? Okay, MVT, I'm going with Johnson. Uh, yeah, it's his vision. You could see, you know, a talent busting at the seams behind the camera on this yeah. thing. It's a hell of a debut, um, right? Exactly. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, make or break, I'm going to go with the scene at the uh, the tunnel. Um, so and good. It's the, yeah, it really is. It's the height of tension and emotion in the film. Uh, and it does kind of never quite reach that level again, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, like I said before, you know, I think that it really should have probably been that should have been the finish off but it isn't but regardless um it's a fantastic scene and score for me is uh 7.5 out of 10 nice. uh yeah i mean this stuff this is uh, really really good stuff and uh for those that who only know johnson from his uh, later stuff should really do themselves a favor and uh, yeah. give this one a watch yeah you like knives out more than brick yeah uh i uh, a little bit yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, i remember you liking knives out quite a bit Oh, yeah. It's a good yeah. one. You'll enjoy it. I'd be surprised. No. I can't see you hating it. I think you'll definitely no, enjoy it. It's it's fun. It's well written. It's it looks good. Yeah, I know. I know. It feels Wes Anderson in a way. Yeah, it I, does feel Wes Anderson. I know I'll like it. It's one of those ones. I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, my MVT is also Johnson. It's uh one of those moments where you just you have a director who makes a splash and he did. He did he did the thing where he showed up and uh everything stood out and showed up and was there and i don't know what i'm talking about but anyway <laughs> it's a hell of a debut uh my make or break i'm gonna go with that uh first scene where we finally are introduced to the pen i really like the mm, way that shot i love that one. yeah i love that old school paneled basement with yeah, the yeah. kind of drop ceiling and all that stuff it's a it's a it it's both chintzy and cool it, it, it feels very lynchian in a lot of ways and it's very seventies California yeah. suburbs too. Yeah. A lot of birds, a lot of ch- a lot of fowl in uh, his mom's house. A lot of there's there's an eagle on the mailbox, a chicken on the kitchen table, a rooster vase or a rooster like uh, cream mug Pitcher. or something. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's birds on the glasses. If you notice, it, mm-hmm. like everything's got birds on it in that house. Very, it's a very nice touch. I don't know if it, that's anything psychological. I didn't really look into it much further than that, but I liked it. Uh, my score is the same as Will's. It's an eight. Uh, I think it's a hell of a debut, and I think the film holds oh, yeah. up. I think it, it think I think it does get a little muddled. Uh, yeah, it does a little bit, and it it suffers from you know some first filmmaker blues in some ways, and that it tries to I think over explain itself. But uh, it it eventually sticks the landing. It takes it a couple you know a little bit to get there, but once it does, it it it's profound, and I think that's the way I. I really feel about it. I also really like that scene. It's a small moment, but I like that scene in the parking lot where he's getting ready to break the window and he sees the uh, Oh, yeah, that's yeah. such a great moment. The timing in that moment is wonderful. Yeah. Well, he's he's taking frames out of the – he's cutting frames is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it works so good. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you these – like it gives you this kind of off-kilter. This character's coming at you and it gives you this kind of off-kilter thing. And there's also kind of a bit of a macho moment there with JGL taking his uh, glasses off because he knows he's getting ready to get in a fight. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's the one. I, I tell you what, the, the one of the things I took away from watching it this time, Joseph Gordon Levitt gets punched a lot. Oh, yeah. He gets punched a lot, man. A lot. He is beat the hell out of in this uh, movie. Yeah. 
Um, well, kind of how uh, Gabriel Byrne in uh, Miller's Crossing yeah. gets the living mm-hmm. shit beat out of him which like every I, five which, minutes. Which oddly, it's odd that you mentioned that because that's one I know from listening to the commentary on this before because it's the same commentary that was on the DVD. Uh, Ryan, one of Ryan Johnson's favorite movies is Miller's Crossing. Okay. So, uh, oh wow, that's his favorite. Well, that's his favorite Coen Brother movie. So, mm. and that uh, that all comes to fruition. That makes sense. So he is a filmmaker of his uh, inspirations, like a lot of them. So, all right, that is uh, the big show this week. Uh, next week we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about uh, it's a gloomy subject. You know, it's not nothing you want to do, but we want to celebrate the lives of two actors that couldn't have been more different. And it it really is kind of the dichotomy of our show, I think, in a nutshell, kind of comes down to this and that we get class and trash. And when mm-hmm. I say trash, I mean it in the most fond way possible. Um, but recently, David Paul, is it David Paul? It was David, right? It was David Paul, yeah. Yeah, David Paul, one of the Paul brothers, one of the Barbarian brothers passed away. Um, and uh, we want to do a little tribute to him because we don't feel like most people would even take the Paul brothers seriously. And, uh, you know, they, they obviously they're catalog of work is not you know i i understand but you know that doesn't mean you shouldn't yeah, i mean he gave us hours of entertainment we're going to give him a little bit of a praise here so we're going to be we're going to be covering uh think big i uh, believe yeah think big mm-hmm. i don't remember what year that's from but it's paul brothers movie. Uh, i want to say 89 or 90 yeah so we're gonna do some paul brothers action uh they've been on the show a couple times dc cab and uh barbarians barbarians yeah, yeah. So they've popped up a couple times, and uh, I think that might have been the first time we used the tough tits. The uh, the Barbarians <laughs> review may have been the first time we they used were, them. They were, yeah. It may have been, because they're always flexing them in that movie. They're oily as all get out in that movie. Yep. Uh, um, so that we're going to be doing that. And then uh, Max von Sydow, the great character actor Max von Sydow, he passed away the ripe old age of 90, I believe. Uh, lived a long time. Of course, he looked 90 since The Exorcist in 1973. <laughs> So, you know, and I never could yeah. figure out how old Max von Sydow was because he's always yeah. looked like he's an old man to me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, true. And in saying that, he, we're going to cover a film where he looks like he's much older than what he is again, because I just thought about what he looks like in this movie. But uh, Todd recently watched this, and I've always kind of wanted to cover it on the show because it's so Canadian, and oh, obviously <laughs> my best pal is a Canadian. So it's always fun to have some fun with uh, the Canadian humor. So we're going to be doing Strange Brew, which is a little bit outside yeah. of our wheelhouse because it's a comedy, but also at the same time it's very genre because uh, it deals with you know mind manipulation and it's it's a it's one of the most bizarre creations in cinema history, I think. But <laughs> it is it is uh, both its own thing and really really comfy. Yeah. The, the, the Freudian moment of the McKenzie brothers catching their mom and dad having sex, and it's the McKenzie yeah. brothers dressed up as male and female, yeah. is is a reason enough to cover the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Mel Blanc doing the voice. Oh, yeah. And it's, the old man. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But we're going to do that. So we're going to do Strange Brew and Think Big. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, should be. Yep. Be fun to talk about those movies. Donuts and beer. That's what I always think of when I think of Strange Brew. And I think of the fact that they at one point are drinking beer and eating donuts, and I think that is gross. That is Canadian. Oh, man, I could not do that. That is a sweet coffee. and a, yeah. Ugh. Coffee and pie, oh, my. Yeah. Coffee, yeah. <laughs> coffee and pie I can get behind. Coffee and donuts yeah. I can get behind. Beer and donuts? No. I think beer and pie might be okay. I think I can do that. 
I don't know. That's still a bit rough, I think. I don't yeah, know. No. You oh. go to an original plain donut with a beer, you're all right. Yeah, maybe. You you t- you're talking stuff? about like a, like an original cake? Like a cake? Yeah, yeah like the original plain. Yeah, cake donut. Kinda, yeah. You know, I, I, go with one of those, yeah. maybe. But you can't go with no Hawaiian or... Yeah. Ooh, I might I have to have a Dutchie next week yeah. on air in honor of this episode. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to fucking get all kitted out. With the fucking yeah. schooner or Molson Golden or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm smoking a Dutchie yeah. right now, so we're good to go. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, I had to belch there. Anyway, uh, that is the big show. Um, we hope you guys enjoy. Thank you again for those who donated. And I will Thanks. say, yeah, you want you guys want to say thank you? I don't know if you guys want to or not. So. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Truly. Just cut you guys off. You're not allowed to say thank you, you bastard. Hard cut. <laughs> well, in that case, then I'm not gonna. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I'll, thank you to everybody. Thank you. Uh, very, 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 very much appreciate it. Yeah. And I will say adios. 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 Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com. 